Christmas, my friends, and welcome back to Podcast 90 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 20% off Shot Quality, please visit ShotQualityBets.com and use the promo code ODDS23 for a different perspective in handicapping college basketball if you'd like to support and benefit the odds breakers please visit the oddsbreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else please visit the oddsbreakers and become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber it is christmas time And time to be merry because we have a wonderful Christmas show for you. Chris Felica, the bear from soon to be Fox Sports, formerly ESPN, is coming on to break down college bowl season. Can't wait for Chris to come on. I actually had a great start myself in college bowl season, eight and two, up 13 and a half units. So hopefully that persists one issue that we did have in our communication with chris is that there was a little technical difficulty towards the end the last third of our interview has every few sentences a little bit of feedback so uh i totally get it if that bugs you but the good news is next week i'm going to be covering those games again anyways for new year's eve uh probably december 30th all the way through the college football playoffs for your listening and handicapping pleasures. Anyway, lots of changes will happen for some of these bigger name schools as we get closer and closer to the games. Before we get into college football with Chris, I'm going to cover the full slate of NFL week 16 games and Lots of craziness has already happened early in the NFL betting week. Lots of massive line moves, and we cover some of that when we talk about our sharp movement towards the end of the show. But the gist of it is that there's going to be a ton of weather. And when I say weather, I mean wind and freezing temperatures. Obviously, this time of year, you can expect it. I almost feel like it snuck up on some people, but lots of unders were being hit. And when you have low totals, you know what has value. It is the teasers. I've already sent out three teasers this week. I refuse to lose teaser hit again. We are 9-5-1 this season in our refuse to lose teaser. So I'm going to give that out after the NFL Week 16 slate as well. But to be completely honest with you, I believe a lot of handicaps are better this year in the NFL if you're not laying over seven points in some of these games. The reason that is, in my opinion, is that there's three things that are forcing these larger dogs to cover. Number one, It is just basically the whole grind of the season 
with 17 games now, lots of teams are kind of letting off when they're up by two to three score leads, and they're letting a lot of teams come through the back door. Football is a high-impact sport, and you don't want to be constantly hitting hard every single play of the game if you don't have to. So I think teams that you might have handicapped at minus 13, minus 14, aren't even covering spreads of nine, nine and a half, 10 points in some cases due to that. You've seen that with Kansas City a few times this year. You've seen that with Buffalo plenty of times this year. You, you just saw that with Philadelphia against the Bears last week. So even the metrics say they cover by a certain amount. It seems like they're letting off. Also, the officiating variance has certainly hit this year. Feels like it's hit this year harder than before. Part of the reason is that everybody was saying that we're going to look towards the overs early in the season because the NFL put out some warning warning that they are going to call illegal contact more often. Well, that didn't even happen at all, and I don't even think it's happened as much as they have in the past. There's a lot of new officials that are very reluctant to throw that flag <laughs> that uh, I've noticed this year, and they're not calling it almost at all. As a matter of fact, defenders are, in some cases, just bear-hugging the receivers, and, and the receivers aren't even getting the proper defensive holding or pass interference calls that they have in the past. I've also noticed in general that the officiating the game is trying to keep the games a little bit closer, probably so you keep watching the game and giving the other team an opportunity to get back into it. So dogs have been just killing it this year, especially larger dogs. And finally, just the weather itself. When it gets colder, uh, you know, teams get a little bit more timid. When it's windy, uh, it's harder to score points. I think that's just making it harder for some of the bigger favorites to be covering these larger spreads. All right, well, without further ado, let's get into the NFL Week 16 slate of games and let's hit some Christmas music for your background listening pleasure. Tis the season to be merry, my friends, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be facing the New York Jets on Thursday night football. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars might be a little bit merry after beating the Cowboys, but they still have a little bit of work to do to try to catch the Titans in this division. It seems like a lot of people thought that their Jacksonville tickets were completely gone. Well, lo and behold, here comes the Jaguars and actually beat uh, the Cowboys in overtime last week. I think it was Rocco that asked me the question last uh, two weeks ago if the Jaguars at 10 to 1 the, to win the division, if he thinks it's, uh, if I think it's still good, he did. I told him the money line rollover, maybe avoid the Dallas game is a bit safer, which it is. But now it's like the Jaguars have a legit opportunity to win this division. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull out the team futures right now to uh, see what the Jaguars are listed as uh yeah plus 125 to win the division so apparently i uh, probably should have told you to do that but i had no idea that they were going to go to overtime against the cowboys and win that game i still think if you're doing the money line rollover and especially if you decided to do some of that on the dallas game uh it has worked out very well so far for you so the jets metrically are a better team 
than the Jaguars. And if you look at the yards per play, it kind of tells you everything you need to know. The Jaguars give up 5.9 yards per play and they also get 5.9 yards per play. That's very, very average. While the Jets, they average 5.5 yards per play, but they have that very solid defense that only gives up 5.0 yards per play. There's a couple big things for me in this game. First of all, I thought that maybe the Jets might be the better running team because their rush EPA is slightly higher, but I'm actually wrong when I just look at the old trusted stat of rushing yards per attempt, and Jacksonville's at 4.9, and uh, the Jets are at 4.3. I think part of that is Trevor Lawrence's legs. So um, <laughs> I think that in general, Jacksonville's can certainly run the ball, both teams have had their choke incidents, but I do favor the Jets on defense a lot. But it, when it comes to the coaching and the quarterback, I really favor Jacksonville. I like Peterson better than I like Sala right now. And I certainly like Trevor Lawrence more than I like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was horrible last week. I mean, any average quarterback would have beat the Lions, and he just absolutely choked through uh, some picks, uh, missed wide open guys on that final drive uh, to set themselves up for a long field goal, which Zerline uh, clearly missed. So I thought that it was quite a disappointment for the Jets. They're both in playoff contention. I think it's also a little bit of a letdown spot. I might have bet the Jaguars, even though somewhat the Jets metrically look better just based on the quarterback and the coach. Maybe I would have. I don't know. But I look at the officiating in the game. Brad Allen's going to be there. Brad Allen has been a home team warrior this year. And I really don't want to go against that. I think a better way of betting this game is a prop I'm going to give out for Thursday. And I'll give it to you right now since I just played it. Trevor Lawrence over 13.5 rushing yards. I think Trevor Lawrence has averaged quite a few rushing yards over the past uh, few games, let's just take a look. Three attempts for 21 yards against Dallas. Three attempts for only seven against Tennessee. But four attempts for 32 against Detroit, the game before that. And then he only had one against Baltimore. But then 26, 53, I, and then 15. Most of those games are going over 13.5. I think in a rainy game, because the weather's supposed to be rainy. It's not going to quite drop in temperature just yet on Thursday. I believe it's going to happen more on Friday at MetLife Stadium. But it's going to be a wet game, which makes it harder to tackle. I like Trevor Lawrence over for 1.5 stars. Next game, we have the Giants versus the Vikings. It looks like someone just took a piece of the Vikings. The Vikings was at three and a half. It now goes up to four. Man, I was really hoping I was going to drop down to three here. I think the Vikings are just hated in the marketplace, and they should be because, I mean, just look how they win games. They seem to be terrible with a lead, but... Uh, when they're down, they come back. I mean, you saw that, obviously, the biggest comeback in NFL history last week. And you saw it against the Bills. In Buffalo, they did the same thing, came back to win the game. 
very fraudulent team. I hate the fact that if you lay points with them, they can just look terrible going down the field, especially while they're winning. And that's why they're winning all their one-score games is because they can't seem to pull away from anyone. Well, the Giants are also kind of in desperation mode for the playoffs themselves. I mean, my power rating has this as like a seven-point favorite, but I shy away from my power ratings, and I go a lot more towards my algorithm, especially this time of year. And my algorithm has this a lot closer, around four points. So I'm pretty close to on the spread here. A little disappointed that I'm not going to be getting a better number. Uh, the Giants are also very banged up themselves throughout the year. But I do love what Saquon Barkley did to the uh, Washington football team, uh, the commies, last week. The Bengals versus the Patriots, plus three and a half. And the total is 41.5. I have a play for you in this one, and it's going to be cold in New England, just like most of the country. Let me just quick pull up the weather forecast here because it's just something that can't be ignored, especially in this podcast. It says that in New England, it's going to be about 22 degrees, but 14 mile per hour winds. That's the high pretty much during the game. So uh, this is going to be a Saturday day game, and I should mention that all these games I'm covering right now are on Saturday. There's only about uh, four games or three games that's on Sunday and one on Monday. So Saturday is a massive weekend for NFL football, being that Christmas is on Sunday and only a few games. But yeah, I mean, the way I look at this game is that the Patriots are in desperation mode. They were embarrassed last week with what the Raiders were gifted. <laughs> Obviously, at the end of the game was also crazy. The important thing is that I think the motivation you have to you have to bet on the dog that's trying to survive more than the dog that just wants a better meal. And that's kind of what you're looking at in this situation. The Bengals already have the game lead now over the Ravens. They're kind of fighting for home field with uh, you know, Buffalo. But you know, the truth and the fact is the Patriots have to win this game to make the playoffs. Looking at the metrics, I was a little surprised to see the Patriots do have a .2 net yard per play advantage over Cincy. So I factored that in a little bit. Uh, Cincy was very fortunate for Tampa fumbling the ball. Four turnovers last week for them to get back and win that game by double digits. So they, they should have been dead in the water last week. Um, the Patriots, still a very good defense. Number two in EPA. Bengals rank about eighth in EPA. Obviously, the Bengals have the better offense. But I like seeing Mac Jones go against a guy that's kind of should be a rival. They were drafted one year from each other, Joe Burrow and Mac Jones. Um, Mac Jones obviously knows that uh, this is massive for him. I do think Matt Patricia is a putz. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think he's terrible for the, the Patriots, and he was just kind of gifted that job being a buddy of Bill Belichick. I guess I wish I was Bill Belichick's buddy, but then again, I don't get along with people that just uh, uh, grumble all the time. I, I have the Bengals by two. So I think that three and a half is too much. I played it at four. This is just uh, a massive spot for the Patriots. And I think their defense kind of shows up here. Uh, the fact that it's a cold game, you might be taking the pass away with a little bit of wind Grab the Patriots at plus three and a half for two stars. We're going to have the hap, hap, hap.
happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. Next game. The Atlanta Falcons versus the Baltimore Ravens. This is very ignorable for me because we don't know who's starting for the Ravens, Huntley or Lamar. I mean, the last injury report says Lamar didn't practice. I mean, they're going to call him a game time decision even if he doesn't play. <laughs> you know, now Devin Duvernay breaks his foot during Tuesday's practice and he is out. <sighs> Man, I don't like the Ravens. They just, they're leaking oil all over the place this year. Now, Marcus Peters has a calf strain. Daryl Worley was placed on injured reserve like a week or two ago. Their other cornerback, Jalen Armour Davis. Not saying that Desmond Ritter is going to be able to light them up over the top anyway. But man, this is a lot of points for a backup quarterback like Huntley. I mean, if I find out Huntley's in, I have to play a desperate Atlanta team that, believe it or not, is still in playoff contention. But either way, I think I like Atlanta at the half because Atlanta's a terrible run defense, and that's why you see the big spread at seven and a half. The, the handicap is the matchup, the Ravens run offense versus the Falcons run defense. Well, I think the Falcons run defense shows up for a little bit. If you notice, teams even a bad against the run have a lot more energy and a lot more juice in them. You know, the first uh, quarter, possibly even the first half. So uh, it's, you're probably going to get like a three and a half or a four possibly even. So I'm going to look towards the uh, first half uh, in this situation. Next game, we're looking at the Buffalo Bills versus the Chicago Bears. The Bears are eight and a half. The total is 40. I played this game, but you could probably wait this. And this is the only game that I'm kind of going against the whole narrative of, uh, you know, big favorites aren't covering. I just know this Bears team. They sh they should have never been close to this Eagles team last week. The Eagles were sleepwalking. But I don't think the Bills do sleepwalk. I like the fact that the Bills had an extra day of rest. I like the fact that the Bills always play in cold weather anyways. Right? I mean, it's going to be six degrees and 18 mile per hour winds, but so what? Josh Allen runs through that stuff. He throws his short passes through that stuff, right? And so the Bills defense, plenty, plenty of experience playing running quarterbacks. The Bears have no reason to be in this game, really. You know, and maybe you do get a big effort like you did last week. But to do it week after week after week is, is surprising, and they still should have not covered, in my opinion, last week. The one thing I like about the Bills being different than the Eagles is that the Bills, they didn't really cover last week. They're in a tough game against Miami, and they won 32-29. to They might be questioning themselves a little bit. You know, um, the Jets game was a little bit closer than comfort the week before that. They could use a good team to absolutely whoop like Chicago. Uh, I mean, my numbers are minus 13 here. I hate to the fact that this whole laying big favorites are going against me, but when it's this big of a discrepancy, I have to play it, lose or win. I am still thinking the uh, Bears could be absolutely blown out in this situation. Um, Bills have a 1.1 1 
net yards per play advantage. The Bears have one of the worst defenses in the league. They're dead last the last five weeks in EPA. The Bears are top four in sacks allowed. So Fields is getting sacked 29th rated in the whole league while the Bills are in the top 10 in pressure rate. It's just one of those something's got to give. Uh, this is a slump buster. I'm taking the Bills minus eight and a half for two stars. But if you wait, you'll probably even get a seven and a half. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. Next game, we have the Saints versus the Browns. And this is supposed to be the wind bowl. Just saw a tweet from Chernoff saying at least the wind's going to go be going uh, in direction from end zone to end zone rather than side to side. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to matter a ton. I mean, this spread this spread is uh, minus two and a half right now, juiced at minus 120 for the Browns. The total's 32.5. Here's the thing. The Browns, you think that they have the cold home field advantage there, but Deshaun Watson played in Houston for so many years, and this is his, what, third game back? Not that he's extremely used to wind in this situation. And also, the Saints uh, are, in the past, a running team. I, 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 they're still a big running team with Kamara there. But I'm concerned that they just lost their center in Cesar Ruiz. There's a couple other guys banged up, Chris Olave. But this is going to be a running game. And the Saints have a very... Well, in the past, they've had a very good rushing defense. They do give up 4.6 yards per attempt, which isn't good this year. But the Browns are worse. They give up five yards per attempt. And Nick Chubb is kind of banged up for the Browns. They will have Kareem Hunt. But, uh, you know, I am concerned for Nick Chubb there. He didn't practice on Tuesday. He's probably going to play. But that doesn't help their case uh, if he's going to be hurt during this game and the saints uh in the past have been like i said a very good rushing defense on offense they also can run the ball you got your Taysom hill factor that's going to be running some of those situations as well so it's not going to be a bunch of andy dalton necessarily you're going to see some packages with hill and if they can run all over the browns they have a very good chance of covering the spread this is a wonderful teaser leg because you got three and a, two and a half you have a total of 32.5 I mean, I would tease that thing completely up uh, to eight and a half. And obviously, if you find a three, uh, tease it up to a nine. Next game, the Houston Texans versus the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Texans' money keeps pouring in and pouring in. I can't trust the Texans after almost beating two high-class teams like the Chiefs and the Cowboys over the last two weeks. And finally, now they're playing a Titans team that's leaking with some oil themselves. But what I will say about the Titans, and they've been bad the last uh, five weeks, but at least they had kind of a hard strength of schedule the last five weeks. You know, they had Green Bay, which was, I guess, you know, not so bad, but it was in Green Bay. Then they had Cincinnati. Then they had Philadelphia. Then they had a, a, a pretty good Jacksonville team, as we've been seeing, and a Chargers team that's gotten healthy now. So uh, Tannehill got banged up and also left last game. It looks like Malik Willis will probably be, be playing for what I'm hearing, but that doesn't mean the Texans can stop anybody. You know, the Texans are a bottom team when it comes into rushing yards per attempt. They're number 23 uh, over the season in opponent rush EPA. And uh, 
right next to the Browns, giving up 4.9 rushing yards per attempt. It's not like Derrick Henry's going anywhere. I, this thing keeps going down. I hope it will. I'll even play it with Malik Willis if uh, I can get maybe, maybe wishful thinking, a three and a half or something like that. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Seattle Seahawks at the Kansas City Chiefs, and this number is 10. The total is 49 points here. This is just another situation where the fraudulent team has kind of been called out. You saw it against the Niners. The truth of that Niners game is they're outclassed, and they're outclassed at home. Uh, but that fumble really turned the tops off it because it made the Niners able to score very easily in that situation. And, uh, you know, Geno Smith didn't have any time to block. Well, Kansas City's defense isn't exactly San Francisco's defense. You know, Kansas City was with offense. I mean, their defense is pretty good. 13th in total EPA. I think they're like 8th in pressure rate. So they can do it, just not as good as San Francisco. But you got a Seattle team that's uh, got their backs against the wall. They're about to miss the playoffs. They're like a, a legit playoff contender. And they've completely blown it over the last few weeks. They've actually lost four of their last five games. They got that Rams win, right? And this is a situation where Kansas City, if any team likes to kind of let down, it's the Chiefs. They did it against the Colts this year. You know, they did it against the Raiders. They barely won 30-29 to 29 in that shootout. Uh, their only blowout was against San Francisco, believe it or not, away. And uh, they just properly played San Francisco. Then they only beat Tennessee by three. They beat Jacksonville by 10. Then they beat the Chargers by three. You know, they beat a very beat-up Rams team. But then they lose to Cincinnati. They only beat Denver by six. Yeah, I mean, this is too many points for the way that Kansas City plays football. And you also got Mahomes back there uh, screwing around a little bit too much, kind of turning over the ball, uh, taking too many chances. This is going to be a play on Seattle here at ten at the, at the spread of 10. It's just too many points for me to ignore on a desperate team trying to make the playoffs. Play Seattle for uh, two stars at plus 10. But I guess I must confess that I really don't hate Christmas. Detroit Lions versus the Carolina Panthers. Another cold game. You don't think of Carolina as necessarily being all that cold, but it's going to be cold uh, in Charlotte. It's going to be 25 degrees, a little bit of wind there. I mean, here's the thing. The, the Lions should have lost to the Jets if they had the Jets had a competent quarterback. But this is exactly the same freaking situation. Sam Darnold is not a competent quarterback either. And you saw that last week against the Steelers. This is probably going to be the same exact crap that you dealt with last week. Detroit's going to be up by three points. They're going to be trying to stop Carolina. Carolina will get to the 50-yard line, and then Sam Darnold will absolutely shit the bed. This is probably a perfect spread at three, and my number in this game is probably about two and a half. I'm going to bring it up right now. Uh, yeah, Detroit minus two and a half, so absolutely no play for me in this situation. Washington versus San Francisco. San Fran's minus seven. The total is 38. Let's face it. This is a low total again, but the weather is not going to be all that bad in San Francisco. As a matter of fact, I think it's going to be one of the warmer games being in the 50s this week. Uh, 62 degrees high. Uh, really no winds. 
but Washington was a better team than than they showed last week as they outgained the Giants and they just kind of crapped the bed with Heineke there. There's some very poor officiating that game as well. I faded the Niners and lost last week for a reason. It was because of that quarterback. And I thought that he had a very clean pocket. I'm not sure if his pocket's going to be quite as clean this week against a Washington defense that can uh, uh, rush the pass. And let's see if uh, Chase Young's even on the injury report. Yeah, Chase Young's questionable here. So he could uh, he could possibly play this. And uh, this could be kind of a sleepy game for San Francisco. I think San Francisco's a very good teaser leg this week. So... Um, I'm going to tease, uh, I'm sure, San Francisco here, and we'll get into that at the end of this segment. Next game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to admit, and I think I admitted this in the last podcast, I took a bad number on Philly. I thought Philly was the better team. I thought they were going to go to uh, Dallas and uh, win. But now you obviously have Garner Minshew. Now, Garner Minshew last year, you remember, after the Jets game, he kicked the shit out of them and everybody celebrated and thought he was all that awesome. awesome. And then uh, they went to Dallas last year and the Cowboys kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> like won like 50 to 30, right? I mean, at least Minshew put up 32 points. But I think the Eagles defense is definitely a lot more trustworthy here. And uh, even if it was Jalen Hurts, if the Cowboys are going to be scoring 50 points, it, it, it doesn't matter who's quarterback. I think the, I like the Eagles in this situation. I do. I think that it you, it might even be a better number. Now, people say Jalen Hurts at the beginning was a system quarterback. Then they say he doesn't. I think there's a little bit of truth to both. I think Jalen Hurts is a, is a very good quarterback in the NFL, but he's also a system quarterback because that system in Philadelphia has talent up the yin-yang, uh, talent everywhere. So absolutely, I think it's a great spot for Garner Minshew to kind of have that big first game like he did last year. Now, Minshew might even be a little bit motivation because he did miss a practice to give a eulogy for Mike Leach. Uh, that was his college coach at Wazoo, as if you remember. And uh, I think that could motivate him a little bit to have another big game. Uh, I like the Eagles here, and there's a lot of cha- uh, choke in this Cowboys team. They take a lot of uh, risks on defense there. They could be beaten over the top. Alex Kemp, the official at this, is in a way official. I'll take the I'll take the Eagles here uh, for two stars. Merry Christmas! Next game, the Raiders at the Steelers. Another cold weather game. Steelers minus two and a half. The total is thirty eight. This the Raiders. The Steelers, obviously, with the just tragic news this week. Franco Harris uh, just passed away at 72, and he was just about to be honored and have his jersey retired in three days. He was the one that had that immaculate reception in an AFC divisional playoff game against the Raiders. Uh, it was just it was needed for them to make that win, and it was just really fun to watch. But uh, the Raiders were up seven to six, and it was a fourth down, and uh, that's how they won the game to advance in the playoffs at 13 to 7 and I believe they won the Super Bowl that year. But anyways, the big question is does that add more gas to the fire for the Steelers to be wanting to win this game at home? Obviously the Steelers are not out of playoff contention. They never finished under 500 with Mike Tomlin. They're kind of hitting their stride here. They had that nice game against Carolina last week. My numbers don't have the uh, Steelers winning this game by uh, two and a half points. As a matter of fact, 
My numbers have this game more like Las Vegas minus one. So uh, I think that the, St- the uh, Raiders are a wonderful teaser leg, especially at the 38. But at two and a half, this could be a very coin flippy game. And you know how it is with the Raiders. They could look great one week and absolutely look terrible the following week. I do know that uh, the pass rush could get to Carr. I do know that a couple, was it last year, the first game of the season, the Steelers were favored over the Raiders at home, and the Raiders just came in and kicked their ass. So you wonder if the, the Raiders kind of have that same feeling coming into this game. But I'm just going to say that the Raiders are a great teaser leg on this one. And this total has certainly gotten way too low. I, I think the Raiders' defense is bad, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense has a lot of holes in it. It's just the weather itself has pushed it down. I think the winds aren't going to be too bad, 12, 13 miles per hour. Uh, it should be a sunny day. So, uh, actually, it's, sorry, it's the night game. It should be a clear night. So, I, I think that a little bit cold, the uh, the total got a little bit too low in this game. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Dolphins against the Green Bay Packers. And lots of money are, is starting to come in on Green Bay. And Green Bay is also in a desperate, we want to make the playoff situation. But Miami, they just went through the gauntlet of their schedule, right? And they played extremely well against the Bills. They should be happy with what they did last week against the Bills. Now, um, Tua... He's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. Miami's defense has certainly a ton of problems. But Miami can also put up a ton of points. You, they can do it quickly with Waddell. Uh, Raheem Mostert, it, when healthy, and he is healthy, is a fantastic running back. My problem with Miami is they should be able to give up a lot of points, and this total has went up a little bit. I'm not even sure if that total is quite high enough against uh, a team like Green Bay. Green Bay does play slow. And they're going to try to run the ball and slow it down a little bit. I know that Green Bay is extremely healthy now. Probably the healthiest team in all of football. you know. And then you got Miami when they have uh, safety Elijah Campbell, a questionable. Keon Crossan, a, a cornerback that was just a backup before, is questionable because they lost Byron Jones a long time ago. They lost Nick Needham a long time ago. Uh, just lost a lot of secondary on this team and Eric Rowe is also questionable in this team. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored uh, by both teams really here. So this is probably a little bit too low of a total. And my number in this game anyways is uh, closer to the 51. So I'm probably going to be involved in the over uh, at some point. The next game the Broncos versus the Rams. Extremely ugly game. I mean, the Broncos are favored by two and a half points, probably because Russell Wilson's back and Cortland Sutton might play this game, which helps the Denver a lot. But it's still in L.A. And this total is 36.5 points. This is just another great teaser leg uh, for the Rams. Do I trust either team? Absolutely not between the threes. Now, give me three and a half with the Rams. I'll take the Rams. Give me three and a half with the Broncos. I'll take the Broncos. But I think it's just an absolute coin flip, no matter what number you put up, kind of between the sticks here. Baker Mayfield is playing motivated. He's playing on a bad team now. But, you know, this is Sean McVay at home. I did see them uh, put some pretty good efforts out at home with uh, some of their uh, leaders, like Ramsey, on this team. So 
you know, you, you're probably going to get a good effort from the Rams here. I uh, love the teaser leg for the Rams. Uh, Tampa Bay versus the Cardinals. It's Trace McSorley probably starting for the Cardinals, and that's why this spread is shot up to Tampa Bay minus six and a half. But can you trust the Tampa Bay Bucks? I mean, to be honest with you, if, if let's just say nothing has happened to Kyler Murray and uh, he was playing, I would have this more of a Cardinals favored at minus one. Even with Colt McCoy, this is much too high. If you find out that Colt's playing, this would be a, a just a hold-your-nose game, but Tampa Bay is a bad team right now, and they've lost some of their best players to injury as well. Tom Brady does not look the part, and their coach is absolutely terrible in Todd Bowles. Uh, finally, the Chargers versus the Colts. The Colts are plus five. The total of this is 46. Another disgusting game. Can you back the Colts after what they did? <laughs> well, to be completely honest with you, this is what Matt Ryan does. He comes into situations. It doesn't matter if they're out of the freaking playoffs and he plays well. Once the pressure is gone to Matt Ryan teams, all of a sudden he decides to show up. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is gone, and uh, that's that's a, a big injury, certainly by name. But it's not like he was able to do a lot this year. You know, he's playing a Chargers defense that, you know, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson's going to be running. So, you know, this Chargers defense is pretty bad. And it's not like the Colts have really lost a lot of other guys to injuries. The Chargers did get healthy. Uh, I do see that Derwin, Derwin James, their safety, is questionable. Um, Joey Bosa still isn't practicing. And uh, he's unlikely to return, it says. Nope, that was last week against the Titans. Maybe he does come back. Um, but I just right now have to give you a very strong lean to the Colts. I think the Colts are in position to backdoor this thing. And I think this is just one of those Chargers-type games where you think that you know they have all the skill needed and the Colts give one big last effort here to, uh, you know, try to save some face so um the fact that the colts were really embarrassed last week is a definitely good spot to probably back them certainly a strong lean to the colts for me now it's time for our refuse to lose teaser that is now nine five in one for the nfl season and we're going to go right with the san francisco 49ers brock purdy is doing just enough to manage the game with a great coach like Shanahan. Best defensive front in football against Taylor Heineke for the Washington Commanders. Now, it, the Commanders might get to him a little bit, but I just don't see the Niners dropping this game. I think they win by at least one point here, so we're going to tease the Niners, and we're going to tease them with the Rams. Same division here. The Rams do put forth some effort at home. They're playing the Denver Broncos, who really doesn't put up a lot of points. You don't have to worry too much about that. Baker Mayfield's motivated, trying to earn his next contract. Tease them all the way up to 8.5 with the Niners at minus 1 for 2 stars. Man, do I miss snowmobiling. Now it's time for our great guest and college football specialist from Fox Sports, Mr. Chris Felica. 
Now I'm really happy to welcome back a college football and horse racing expert that you've heard many times. You've seen him on ESPN's College Game Day and also listened to him on the Stanford and Steve uh, in the Bear Weekly College Football Podcast. Really excited to have Chris Felica back to break down this merry holiday of bowl games. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris, F-A-L-O-I-C-A. Chris, how the heck are you doing, my man? Christmas is around the corner. It is. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bitter these days. I'm a little, a little upset off of uh, NFL Sunday, um, and, and being that I, being that I should probably have a two game lead in the Circuit Invitational right now, but somehow managed to lose both the Jets and the Bucks on Sunday. Uh, had I would have would have gotten both of those, I'd be up two. I, I mean, I at least should have gotten one. I guess if you want to be like take one and be happy, but. To lose both of those two and he's stuck in a tie now with Kazarian and instead of up two uh, with three <laughs> weeks to play I'm a little little bitter I know by the way I had those two in the uh in the golden nugget football contest as well and I would probably be top 10 if I had gotten those two but instead a big difference between uh six and one and four and three uh when you get down to the uh the final weeks here so uh, so we're, we're we're a little bitter these days but we're okay it's, it's okay we'll uh We'll look past it and we'll move on and we'll make the best of what we got the rest of the year. Yeah, man. But, you know, I, there, it, there's a lot of craziness in the NFL. You could have been on the Patriots with that uh, yeah, exactly. put-out-of-bounce deal and or, or the Vikings where literally two fumbles were called fumbles on the field, <laughs> you know, and that, those should have been touchdowns. So there's a lot of badness going on in the NFL and hopefully someday they'll address it, but it was a big weekend of sports and I think you'll rebound. You got three weeks left. I think, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you get a shot. Yeah, we, we do. And I, and I already, I, I can see myself, uh, liking a couple of games this weekend that I'm sure aren't going to be attractive to a lot of people. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, I'm sure I'm, I, Hey, I'm sure it's going to go great because it is the NFL, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? As, as we lay, as Gil, as Gil uh, likes to joke, and we bet on this stuff. <laughs> Some quarterback play has never been worse. Head coaching has never been worse, and officiating has never been worse. What can possibly go wrong? It's been bad. You know, I, I keep thinking that the officiating's never been worse. I remember five years ago they had uh, both wrong teams in the Super Bowl via the Rams and the Patriots when it should have been the Saints. Yep. And the Chiefs, <laughs> and then and then what? What year was the uh, the Thanksgiving coin toss where they screwed up the uh, the coin toss on Thanksgiving? The line, it was the Lion Steelers. Is that what it was? I think it was a while ago. I don't remember the year, but I do remember the uh, the event. So um, it just blows my mind that they don't have anybody helping them out uh, in the in the sky. I think that would just do wonders for the game. But uh, you know, they don't have to change unless uh, another unless competition happens. So we. It is what it is right now, my man. And um, right now we have a lot of big bowl games. But first, why don't you tell us what's going on with you a little bit lately, man? Uh, big changes maybe on the horizon. Yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, it, um, yeah. We'll be uh, we'll be headed to Fox on January first. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, uh, have an opportunity to uh, work on some things there that I won't get, wouldn't have gotten an opportunity to work on at ESPN. Obviously, I'll still. I'm assuming I'll. Uh, still be a part of their college football show. But uh, I, I've always said to people that uh, the, the best thing that I was ever involved in at ESPN was working on the World Cup in 2010 in South Africa. So to potentially have the opportunity to work on uh, uh, 
Euros and a couple of World Cups down the road. Uh, uh, pretty exciting. As, as I said to people, 27 years is a, uh, a hell of a run at ESPN. And uh, yeah. uh, didn't, didn't bank on leaving, but uh, it's weird how things just happen pretty quickly. So uh, surreal still to be kind of kind of headed out. I wish I obviously could have uh, stayed on through the college football playoff, but it is what it is. And we've got the Amazon games uh, this, this Thursday and then next Thursday. And then uh, we'll see what happens after that. So uh, uh, interesting and exciting time uh, in, in the uh, Foley household. Yes, absolutely. Very exciting. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, just an amazing career at ESPN and obviously transitioning to Fox, uh, making a couple big steps forward, it sounds like, in your per- in your life, your work life, getting able to work yeah. uh, stuff you dream of working. On. That's extremely important, you know. And uh, you're still going to be on on Saturdays too, right? On uh, the the Fox show, right? I'm 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 assuming so. I mean, I mean, I, I would think that that would be uh, part of their plans. Uh, once 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 everybody gets back, uh, the people who I need to speak with, uh, they've all obviously been at the World Cup for the last month or so. So uh, it's kind of a blind canvas right now. So I'm sure we'll uh, figure some things out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and we're excited to hear. Uh, what's going to happen? You know, hopefully, hopefully we get as much media from you as possible. We always enjoy your podcast with Steve and everything. I uh, hope that doesn't stop. And uh, you know, yeah. well, we got we got one we got one more podcast with Stafford Steve uh, on Wednesday the twenty first, and uh, trying to get the doors uh, the end cleared for the uh, the podcast. But I don't think that's going to happen in time. But uh, no, I'm I'm sure we'll figure something out uh, in terms of a podcast uh, next season as well. But uh, unfortunately, the end of Stanford Steve and the Bear is uh, is upon us. Unfortunately, but hey, we're we're looking forward to the new things and uh, all your new ventures, and we're going to be following you, Chris, and uh, very excited for the big transition after 27 years at ESPN. Just absolutely amazing. Um, well, you know, I we started late due to some of my own technology problems. I'm going to have to look into this <laughs> old, old recorder. I, I'm almost in my. I, I hope you 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 need to. Uh-oh. Uh, it looks like I just literally just turned my head for a second, and somehow we're a minute and eight seconds into the game, and San Jose State has already scored. Oh. So it's, not, it's not that's not good for the factory. It's not Let's good. See what happened there? I don't have to play on the game. I just uh, em. Yeah, I love Eastern Michigan, so they're 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 they're, they're my squad. They're my, no, they're my I, I, I uh, yeah yeah I'm on the Eastern Michigan side. I have a nice uh, little start on the ten and zero for. Uh, College Bowl mania, so I'm kind of hoping. Well, that's good because you, you need. Sounds like you need some new equipment there and a new and a and a good bowl yeah. season to pay for a uh, new piece of equipment. So you keep doing this. So going into my seventh year at the Ozbreakers here, so yeah, I, I think it's time. Maybe my H4N uh, out external recording studio mm-hmm. has to uh, be upgraded. So maybe the College Bowl mania, if I can keep doing well. Uh, Something will happen there. <laughs> Give me a little extra juice to do that. But thanks for bearing with me. But we'll get through these games. And we have some big games. And we're going to start being this is our Christmas show right on Christmas Eve here. Where uh, it looks like in Hawaii, Middle Tennessee State will be playing San Diego State. Uh, and I wrote these lines down and I kind of double checked them yesterday. But these things move so fast. I'm still thinking minus seven. Total 49.5 start time, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Uh, it is in uh, the Honolulu, uh, the Clarence T.C. Ch- uh, Ching Athletics Complex, it's called. That's a, <laughs> that's a tough word to say right there. But uh, 
Did you have anything in this game? I believe this line moved shortly after it came out. Yeah, I, I actually thought it was uh, new, um, uh, Middle Tennessee plus the seven would be the, uh, the side I would look at there. I know, I know uh, the Aztecs offense has been a little bit better since the midseason coaching change, but still they manage a field goal against the Air Force, 14 against UNLV. And I think people still have this in the the Mountain West as a league this year was was down or a little bit just a little bit disappointing I guess would be the uh, the more uh, appropriate word and I, I think people still have this vision of what San Diego State had been in years past uh, with a really good running game and a really good defense but this team isn't like that I mean Middle got hot near the end of the year to get bowl eligible to to be here yeah. so I I would lean towards taking Middle plus the points. Uh, if, if you had to play this game going into it, and it's one of those deals where uh, if early on in the game it appears that Middle's just there on a vacation, you probably have an opportunity to play at it at some. But uh, I would take a look at taking Middle uh, plus the seven a little bit on the money line as well. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's getting big for a team that has no offense over the years. You know, in yeah. San Diego State, they've always kind of done everything by defense. And whenever there was kind of an abstract score with them blowing out somebody. It's because they had some pick sixes or something, or maybe a special teams touchdown. It was never really their offense pulling ahead of anybody. You know, I wonder what the motivation is. In this Hawaii Bowl, there's always a lot of questions. You know, I mean, maybe Middle Tennessee State's just happy to be there. You know, that could be, a, that could be something. I, I would think that San Diego State's motivation might be a little higher just based upon the fact that they go there all the time anyway. Um, when they play, play Hawaii, you know, every other year. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, you'd have to give them a little bit of an edge. I, I don't know how many people from San Diego State's going to go to Hawaii for the bowl. I would assume that they have a slight home field advantage here, Chris. Uh, but Rick Stockstell, three and six against the spread in bowl games. That's never been uh, his, his uh, uh, forte, let's say. And uh, Brady Hoke, uh, two, three, and one ATS. Neither of these coaches all that great. San Diego State strength is scheduled 91st to Middle Tennessee State at 126, and San Diego State does have a slight net yards per play. But my power rating, Chris, it's right at six and a half. So I will lean with you slightly to Minnesota, uh, Middle Tennessee State just based upon my numbers. But I doubt I'm going to play this one, though, man. Yeah, I, I certainly can't can't fault. There, there's, I promise you, there's going to be a whole lot of I can't. I don't think I'm going to be playing this one as we rip through some of these games. Absolutely. There's a couple good ones that I know I'll be playing, and we'll get to that. We'll pass on any game that, you know, uh, for the sake of time, that we don't have a good grip on. And there's still a lot more moves that are going to be made. There's going to still be more kids holding out, uh, possibly even coaching changes. So, you know, keep your eyes on that thing. And uh, some of these bulls are maybe a little bit less safe to bet on uh, from an early perspective. But then we have Christmas, and uh, there's just going to be NFL on on Christmas, and uh, that's fine with me because Monday, December 26th, we have the Quick Lane Bowl. New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. Bowling Green minus two. Total is 47.5. In Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan, Chris, and I do have a play on this one. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, Bowling Green has to be pretty excited, and I know it's like Detroit, of course, right? It's not like... It, you're you're not rewarded so much for this bowl game being 83 miles away, but I do think the fact that they got to a bowl is going to give them some excitement. And Jerry Kill 
from New Mexico State has killed your tickets, Chris, when you bet on him in bowl games being one and five against the spread. <laughs> so he doesn't seem to have a lot of motivation. Now, New Mexico State has a, uh, a yard per play advantage over Bowling Green, but they've never, they haven't beaten anybody with a say, well, those, those stats are probably a bit yeah. hollow considering the level of competition that they played. Very hollow. Even Bowling Green's strength of schedule is 86th, and they're 139th. That means there's FCS schools who have had harder full-year schedules. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to have a real confident opinion on, on these MAC teams in, in bowl games, given how uh, they have struggled uh, in, in recent years. And the other, the other thing that would worry me a little bit, and again, I have no hard data uh, to support this, but I always get concerned when it's one-way action across the world. I mean, New Mexico State opened up a one-point favorite, and now you got pretty much you got three and a halfs and fours everywhere for this game. So uh, it's all one-way action on Bowling Green. Uh, again, that, that, that's more of a mental block uh, that I have than anything else. So I will just uh, have to sit there and root for you, my friend, in this game. I, I will, I will have nothing on this game except. Uh, a potential live bet if I'm sitting there watching and it looks like uh, there's an opportunity to hop in. Oh, there you go, man. I, uh, I I took Bowling Green early at the plus one, so there you go. Maybe uh, that gives me a little bit of a leg up. I like sure. it to minus uh, two and a half. I wouldn't take it at three. So, uh, you know, it's at two right now. I, I think that's fine for a couple stars. Let's move on to December 27th, the first responder bowl, Utah State versus Memphis. Memphis is minus seven, total 61.5 on ESPN. Gerald, J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Chris, you have the floor. Good. Well, a little lucky. I don't know how you can really trust uh, either of these teams, but I would assume that, that with all of the opt-outs that Utah, the injuries that, that Utah State has in this game, it, it's kind of hard to – to, to back the, the Aggies in this game. No, wouldn't, wouldn't this be Purdue, uh, Purdue, Memphis or Pass here? Even though the number has kind of gone up to uh, to eight in a couple of spots. There's still some seven and a half out there, but I see, I see an eight circuit. Yeah, let me just uh, pull up old DraftKings here to see where they have this game. Minus seven and a half. Yeah, 61.5 is the total. Yeah, I mean, that's flipping then for me. My power number is minus seven right on it, Chris. It's kind of one of those games that's really ugly, in my opinion. Probably a stay away, and there's going to be a lot of that. Um, I mean, Blake Anderson is three and four against the spread. Silverfield, one and one against the spread. Nothing right there you can go by. Now, Memphis has the big 1.37 net yard per play advantage. They do have the best unit in the field as their offense. They should be able to run all over Utah State, but it's hard to trust Memphis at laying points yes. like this. Right. I, I didn't think that. I thought there was plenty of opportunities where we backed them and they completely faltered this year, Chris, and uh, this could be another one of them too. So. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like San Diego State. I think this is another team that we're still thinking back to when uh, Norvell was the head coach and they, and they reached the um, – the, the New Year's 6-1 year. I, I, I think people still kind of have that feel like this is what Memphis is, and, and they certainly have taken a, uh, a step back uh, under Ryan Silverfield, who uh, I, I guess will be back next year, even though there were some rumors about him 
uh, not being back for next year. So uh, this may, maybe this looks like a uh, a Memphis team total over. Certainly, you know, if you don't trust the Memphis defense to to, to keep a uh, shorthanded Utah State team down, uh, maybe you do that if you don't want to lay points in, in this game. But yeah, not not a great feel. I'd have a hard time backing Utah State. Yeah, same here. Absolutely. Let's move on to another bowl that same day. Birmingham Bowl, East Carolina uh, versus Coastal Carolina. Coastal now down to plus eight. Total is 63. It's This one's simple. Is Grayson McCall going to play? And if he does... Looks uh, like he is, right? It's what he says, but it's just so weird how you say you're transferring and going to play. Is that where we've come to? I, I'm going to leave the school, but I'm still going to play for you this last bowl game. I've I, I never, you know, it sounds like that change has kind of been coming into fruition lately, Chris. Yeah, this doesn't this look like it, it's it's East Carolina. Like maybe we'll get lucky and maybe people will buy the, the Grayson McCall hype as well. Uh, maybe this will come down to, to seven, seven and a half in some spots. Uh, and you hop in on on ECU. I mean, look, this is a I mean, Coastal Carolina, their, their defense is, is terrible. Um, and now you have now the McCall deal. You've got their best offensive lineman, uh, Willie Lampkin, out. Well, look, I mean, it, it's hard for me to get behind Coastal Carolina in this game, especially uh, given how they finished the year. And I, I know McCall was beat up down the stretch, but uh, this certainly looks like ECU or pass for me. And I'm going to wait and see maybe if this number comes down just a little bit. I, I 100% agree. Um, I actually made a bad number play when I thought McCall was out. It was a smaller play anyway, more like a, you know, just kind of a, a nibble. But in a way, um, I, I completely agree now. Well, let's just wait till the hype comes in and McCall and grab East Carolina. I watched McCall play against Troy, and I know it was weathery. But, man, uh, you know, if they play against anybody that sniffs defense, it could be a little tough for them. And I like I think, that word, by the way, weathery. I'm going to steal that from you. Weathery, okay. Well, in fact, when you're on Fox, you make sure you uh, give credit where credit is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, weathery. And uh, I, I don't know. Um, I probably should. And I did take a glance at the weather uh, this morning. But anything cold rain it's bad for coastal that defense is just so bad and ecu should be able to just run all over this team and control the clock and do what they want so i think they should be able to win by double digits here so uh 100 agreement with me on that one okay and, 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 and maybe you do look at a um an alternative number uh in 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 this game and, and it was one of the things that i put out put out in my uh column which is on ESPN.com that if you like favorites don't be afraid to, to lay an alternate line if you go back the last 10 years you've had favorites covering only 49.2% of the time but 70% of those teams that covered beat the closing number by at least 7 points so like mm-hmm. that, that tells me there's an opportunity that if you do like a favorite and you think they're going to cover maybe lay a field goal or four points more, get some plus money, and if the game plays out that way, you're 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 in a much better position. So maybe this is one of those games. 
I love it. It's almost like the money line sprinkle, except opposite front tour cover type way. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you get to another level because of the amount of variance in these bowl games is just so high. So that's where um, some of that, some of those alternative lines might be fun to play. Love it, man. Just, you know, grab, you know, there probably will be one at nine and a half and ten and a half to ten and that's a half. What, that's what I'm looking at right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop on uh, DraftKings right now while we're, uh, we're chatting and just see if there is a uh, an, an example here. Of, I don't know if there's, there'll be a uh, alt number on that yet, but let's uh I doubt it's see. yet. It's usually a day before, yeah. you know, on DraftKings when that happens. Yeah, not, yeah not, nothing up yet. Nothing up yet. Yeah. But, uh, and for, so... for, for, for example, let's see. I'm sure there'll be something on on today's uh, Liberty uh, when, when, when we're recording. We're taping this. Yeah, Li- Liberty Toledo. Like, Liberty... Is a three uh, Toledo's a three and a half point favorite. But if you want to lay seven and a half with Toledo, you want to lay four points more, you get plus one forty five on that. So right. that's, that's kind of what you're looking at. So you're, you're probably gonna get a nice plus money on laying uh laying ten and a half or eleven and a half as opposed to seven and a half. Exactly, exactly. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. And uh there's a couple games that are actually gonna uh bring that up uh, that mm-hmm. idea up again, Chris. So Thanks for throwing that out there. Um, one might rhyme rhyme with hammer. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. <laughs> the Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern uh, versus Buffalo. Buffalo plus three and a half total, 67. This is in Crampton, uh, the Crampton Bowl uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. Georgia Southern, I think their motivation is pretty high. They haven't been to a bowl in a while. It, I, I they, they out did my expectations i didn't play the under on clay helton but you know he, he seemed to do an okay job there which was a big head scratcher clash of culture like we said before the season did okay you know got to a bowl had some you know that big nebraska win was shocked everybody almost um well, except for nebraska fans i guess but uh buffalo's motivation is probably medium it's hard to gauge this team um, and, and this is another Mac team, you know, and um, it, it's three and a half. It's almost like my, my numbers say to bet Buffalo. I'm not super excited about it. I think the two things I look at, Georgia Southern's got a matchup advantage on their passing offense, ranking 21st in the nation to Buffalo's passing defense at 95th success rate. But I'm worried that Southern might not be able to get their defense off the field. They give up 5.77 yards per rush, Chris, 127th in the nation. If a, just a decent game plan of running the ball comes from Buffalo, they should be able to control this. So I, it would be a small play at Buffalo, three and a half. Not super excited about any MAC team. What are your thoughts? I actually did like uh, Georgia Southern in this game. Uh, I think mean, Buffalo has had. Uh, massive injuries and massive problems in the backfield late in the year, and who knows uh, if those guys are going to play. Uh, they were extremely a near miracle to beat Akron in that regular season finality to even get here. Uh, I actually like Georgia Southern in this game. I, I think whatever okay. fans are there uh, will be obviously in, in support of Georgia Southern. I know they got some some deals on the uh, with injury and transfer portal, but but again, who doesn't? But I, I think the direction of Buffalo's season uh, certainly was not a good one. They're here, but uh, I, I know your numbers may say Buffalo, but this the, the amateur psychology of, of picking this game, I believe, says Georgia Southern. 
It's 300 miles away. Buffalo's a lot farther. Travelable, you know, so it's not like it's a it's an overnight. Yeah, it's, a, it's a healthy it's a healthy drive or a short flight. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be driving out there, Chris. You know that. <laughs> they ain't flying out there. Uh guaranteed rate ball, Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State plus three. Total is 43, Chris. I'm probably going to this game. I was just gonna say you're gonna you're gonna be going to uh to see whatever's left of the uh, of the Badgers, right? Uh, there's not much left, and I don't I don't remember a bowl game where more Badger transfers and opt-outs have happened in my lifetime. I mean, obviously, it, it's been going in this direction only the last 10 years, but it's uh, I, I'm, I'm literally looking at guys that might not even make the team, <laughs> much less right. be on it with Fickle. Exactly. I'm going to go probably. It's a late game, 8-15. Um, it's going to be real late on the East Coast out there by you. But I, I bet the under 51 and a half when it came out, I laughed at it when it came out. I was like, you, are you kidding me? It's 51 yeah, and a half. Playing, exactly. I, you know, and that thing tanked. Took about, you know, at least 12 hours to get down to 48 and a half. And I was still like, that's way too high. And now yeah, we're sitting at 43. 43. It should be at 43, probably. Yeah, my number's 43. going to buy some back there? My number's 43 and a half. And I never buy back until it's positive EV past my number. Uh, otherwise, I'm just giving up value. But um, you know, it's—I still think it could go under this, and I, I think it's going to go down though more, Chris. I think it's you're going to see 42 probably by the time the game happens. I know it's going to be in a nice controlled environment, so that works. There's no quarterbacks on either team with any no. real experience here. You know, with Spencer no. Sanders being gone and uh, Graham Mertz, and uh, their backup Chase Wolf is hurt. So I mean. If you look at the list, I mean, there's plenty of places. There's a list, this laundry list, this long. But there is also some defensive problems for the Badgers. And uh, uh, Makai Becton, you know, he is their big nose tackle that stopped the run. He's going to be gone, you know. Nick Herbig, their best linebacker, you know, he's going to be gone. So you wonder what Jimmy Leonard is going to come up with to stop this team. It's just going to be an ugly game, and you can see some turnovers. So that's why my number is a little bit higher at 43 and a half, rather than like something like in the Iowa total, which we'll get to later. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not playing this game. I, I, I'm going to enjoy it, and if I can enjoy it and have a few beers, that's it. You know, and you no, can't even no. use the stats. You know, it, it's so bad, Chris. So no, this is. I mean, it, it, the sad thing is, is these are typically two teams that you like to back in ball games because typically uh, the coaching staffs in the past have had their teams prepped and ready to go for balls and had a ton of success. But uh, if you're looking at uh, ball games this year as to uh, ranking them in order of the, the game that you absolutely have no desire to bet and completely stay away from, it's this. I mean, I mean you're you're an action junkie if you've got a great feel uh, and put it in a pre uh a pre-flop bet on this game. Now, if you want to hop in live, sure. But I, I, I can't help you pre, pre-kick, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, especially if you didn't get the good number of the total, then, yeah, it's it's, it's over right now. I would lay off this one. Uh, I will say that Gundy is 11-5 against the spread, though. So, I mean, that might say something for his motivation. Um, still... Wisconsin is a favorite, so that's interesting. Wednesday, no, uh, December 28th, the Military Bowl, Duke versus UCF. UCF plus three. Total is 62.5. Anything on this one, Chris? I, mean, I would like to see Duke win this game. 
uh, just because of the uh, the year that Mike Elko had, um, <clears throat> and kind of really went under the radar uh, for for most of the year. Uh, so I'm not going to have a play just because you've got issues at UCF too with with, with John Rice pummeling an injury they have. Uh, Keen, the other quarterback, is in the uh, in in the portal. So we'll we'll see if Plumlee's able to go or not. Um, again, this would be a uh, a no play. Just consider you, you the the number points to uh, to UCF get getting points here. Like that would be the side I would want to play. Uh, obviously, with the majority of people on Duke in this game, but it, it's just hard for me to get behind UCF at this point with the uh, the unknown status at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, d- no doubt. It is so unknown with Plumlee. And I wrote down this. If Plumlee isn't playing, then Duke in the under. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a third stringer, uh, not even the second string guy throughout the year. So um, with UCF's Mikey Keene in the transfer portal, uh, that's literally what it is. Now, you might be able to get it quick because it's definitely short if Plumlee isn't playing and, uh, but if it, it, he, he means a good, you know, five, six points, I think to the line in either direction. That's the way I look at it. Um, the Liberty Bowl, Arkansas versus Kansas and Kansas is plus three. The total is 69. Chris, the first thing I want to ask you is which defense is worse. <laughs> Arkansas has been pretty bad. this year, yeah, and, and, Especially when you, you, and you have an Arkansas defense now without Drew Sanders and bumper pool, mouse slush. It's like, all right, perfect, good. That'll that'll work. Yeah, um, exactly. And I I think the quarterbacks play, so that makes me think over. You know, it's a big yeah, number. Yeah, KJ's back, and uh, the Kansas uh, quarterback situation is good. Uh, granted, Lawrence Arnold is uh, is beat up, but they've been at without uh, Hinshaw for a while. I, I, again, this I think this would be Kansas or pass. Uh, obviously, you got uh, Barry Odom gone. Um, uh, to, to, to UNLV. Um, you got Kendall Bryles, his name's been out there for, for some opening stuff. I, I think this are the Arkansas sitch, the vibe that Arkansas is letting off right now isn't necessarily a great one, and one that I would be too interested in backing. Uh, and I know Kansas' defense has been bad, uh, but it feels like the season and the vibe are in Arkansas has been more of a the season's been a disappointment. And maybe they just want to get it over with, uh, as opposed to Kansas, who they're going to be excited about this game, uh, despite having a, a couple of injuries as well. And Kansas would be the uh, the side I would want to be uh, be on here. Yeah, definitely, <clears throat> definitely agree with you. Um, I think that Kansas, I, I, I kind of like Kansas and the over a little bit. I, you know, the over. It, I think if 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 Arkansas is going to cover it, I think it does go over. So I think you, little. You know, I, I just don't see Kansas not putting up a ton of points with, like you just said, Bumper Pool, Drew Sanders, uh, Miles Slusher, you know, some of those Arkansas guys that are out here. I, I love how Lance Leopold's four and one against the spread in bowl games. Sam Pittman's only has that uh, one time one and zero oh against the spread, but it's motivation for me. I, I think Kansas is going to love to play an SEC team, and they're going to try to beat an SEC team. I think it's going to be big for them in the school. And uh, Mark, Arkansas can't have that big of motivation. I think they have higher aspirations, and uh, you know, not a, not a big bowl going to Memphis, Tennessee for them already kind of 
you know, not too far from where they're at anyway. So I, I like the motivation for Kansas. I'll play Kansas at plus three, but that thing's going down. So if you guys would like plus three, I think you better grab it quick. Yeah. And even at DraftKings, that's still at three at DraftKings. Total is still at 69. Next game, we have the Holiday Bowl. Oregon versus North Carolina. Another massive spread. The plus 14 North yeah. Carolina total 72, man. Well, I mean, this is just, this is this game's a mess. Um, <laughs> I mean, how can you like UNC? How, I mean, how can you bet UNC? You would have thought that if, if they were going to kind of reverse their slate season slide with the, the bad performances they had against Georgia Tech and NC State, it would have been in that ACC championship game with an opportunity to get uh, to the orange ball. Instead, they got rolled there. Uh, this is not a good defensive team. Uh, it lo- and now they have lost a bunch of guys who, in theory, were the best players on the defense uh, that won't be on the field uh, against Bo Nix and the Oregon offense. And Oregon's got some guys opting out as well. But I, I think Drake May may have hit the freshman wall a little bit and, and with no downs and, and the defense – down a ton uh, it's hard look i know this is a big number and and the uh the, the immediate knee-jerk thought would be to take the targets and the points here uh, i i couldn't do it i i i would strongly consider even even though it is 14 i would consider uh taking oregon and laying those points now that you know you've got some stability at quarterback with with dicks going to play um against a, a shell of a North Carolina team that probably, I, I, I don't want to say, fraud, looking for a better word than fraudulent. They, they may have been a little bit, maybe a little bit of fool's gold when, it, when they got really hot and maybe Drake May is a Heisman guy. Uh, maybe they're the team that can be, and I kind of, look, I had a ticket before the year of North Carolina to win the ACC. So I, I think it was more because, uh, the Coastal was terrible, and, and I thought there was an opportunity for them to get to the game, and you're a big dog in the, and you're a dog in that game, and now you have an opportunity to, to buy a little bit back if you want. So, uh, and that's ultimately what happened, and I made a profit on the situation, but I just don't like uh, the direction uh, that the team has is, 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 is gone in right now. Too many opt-outs. I, I just don't get a good vibe uh, about this game right now. I, I'm I'm looking at laying the points for Oregon. And I see a 15 now with Circa. So uh, shop around and see if you can get 14, 14 and a half uh, if indeed you are interested in playing the Ducks. Yeah, Josh Jones opting out for UNC. And um, I, I think a lot of players are just going into the transfer <laughs> portal just to get NIL money and leverage it somehow. I, mm-hmm. I'm, start, I'm starting to get that vibe and Maybe it's even been going on longer than I thought. I'd hear nobody talking about it, but you see some guys coming back like right after they do it. I thought May kind of was tight. Uh, maybe his his uh, side put out a uh, that news article that he might be transferring. So if you remember that story about a week and a half ago or something like that, that kind of threw everything off. I don't I don't agree with Bo Nix playing this game personally. Um, I think he, not, he has, despite the fact he's not, despite the fact he is coming back next year, you so you still don't think he should play. Well, here's the no. Um, if, I don't, I'm not sure if he should come back. Uh, I think he should go tr- make his chance in the NFL because I think that he had such a great year at Oregon. Somebody can kind of see something in him, like he, he almost the way he played almost remind me a little bit of Kenny Pickett last year. 
Um, you know, just kind of it's great timing for his receivers. He's also had that amazing legs, and a lot of people are looking for legs in the NFL now. I almost think that, uh, you know, and, and I, trust me, I'm a college football fan. I wish these guys would play forever, but you know, I'm just thinking about the kid's future. I'm almost like, I almost think he should try try his ropes in the NFL. Maybe he does get drafted after what he did at Oregon. I mean, that offense is number one or number two in success rate throughout the whole year. You know, it was uh, pretty phenomenal to watch. After George, after that Georgia game, it just completely turned around for this team. Oregon's got the you know net yards per play advantage at 0.8, but I can't play. You know, it's, it, UNC is going to win this game. Watch, but I can't. I can't take yeah, four. Yeah, I, right? I imagine that last year they were the team that lost as a as one of the biggest bowl favorites. They got upset by South Carolina as like a 14, 14 and a half point dog. And now they're a 14, 14 and a half point favorite. Uh, or they were in the exact opposite position where, where uh, this year. Yeah. yeah. Basically yeah. what I was trying to say. You know, you know what you were saying too about, about Nixon? It's something I was just thinking about too. When, and, and again, we could go on for hours, and I'm sure some people would go on for hours about this as well, is if playing in the, the, the Sugar Bowl, which uh, the meaningless bowl game for Alabama, is good enough for Bryce Young and Will Anderson, who are going to be two of the top five picks in the NFL draft, what are we doing? If it's good enough for them, it should be playing in a bowl game should be good enough for anyone. Like, I don't know. I'm rooting I, for Alabama. I'm rooting for Alabama just because of that. I love the fact that they're playing in the game. They're they're finishing it out with their teammates. It shows a lot about the uh, the type of kids that they are. So I have no 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 care about really any, anything, but I want to see them do well, and, and I'd like to see uh, Alabama as a team reward for for those guys playing. And I like Kansas yeah. State too. We absolutely could debate this, and I've went back and forth in my head. Like when it first started happening, I'm like playing your bowl game. You know, it happened with Christian McCaffrey and a couple. of and one other guy, I, I, I was really upset about it. I was always thinking, like, you can't trust this kid. And I was wrong. And I, I think that their future is so important. But what I will say, Chris, is I hope the NIL money does fix it and have these kids eventually tied some of that money to playing the rest of their season into the bowl game. Yeah, I think that could be the savior of that. And, and kids playing in the 12th or 11th seed of the playoffs. You know, I think you're going to possibly see a kid opt out of the playoffs, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but I'm kind of hoping that if they're getting compensated for it, then you, yes, you play, you're working, you're a working person. That's what I'm looking for here eventually. So, um, yeah, I, I've always been torn about the subject, but um, I would hate to see an ACL tear of anybody that would uh, want to go into the NFL and have their draft mm -hmm. stock absolutely I get it. I get it. I totally get it. I, I just, it, it's, re it's refreshing when you see it go this way because everybody always assumes it's going to go the other way. So you get the rare example here now of two very high NFL draft picks who have chosen to play. It's, uh, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, we love we love the money isn't everything in your life thing. We love the your pride, you know, and stuff like that. I totally get that as well. That is 100%. Texas Bowl, Texas Tech versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss minus three and a half total, 69.5. NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. You know, um, Texas is a very big place. You would have think that Texas Tech would have, would have a home field advantage, but Ole Miss might be closer, actually, uh, looking where Lubbock is. So what are your thoughts on this one? I actually, I'm talking myself into Ole Miss uh, in, in this game. 
I think the way they finished the year had a lot to do with Lane Kiffin's name being thrown around for every possible job opening out there. And I think it clearly affected the locker room. Uh, I, I think this was a team, obviously, that you had Alabama on the ropes and came up short. And I think the way they lost that game kind of coupled with the coaching rumors. And I, th- I think that kind of affected their play uh, at the end of the year. I think this is a really good opportunity for them to uh, to, to get back. I think they'll be able to run the ball uh, at will uh, against this Texas Tech defense, which, yes, it has been good as an underdog this year. Uh, yes, they've beaten some teams at home, but uh, I kind of I kind of like uh, I kind of like the Rebs here. Um, I, I know we got we got shut back a quarterback, uh, but this is a um, this is a Tech team that I that I think. Um, could be had, and certainly looking at an all Miss team total over would be another way of uh, playing this game. Yeah, I like the team total over more or less. I think there's going to be points in this, especially because Texas Tech plays a high pace. It sometimes hasn't showed just due to the straight incompetence of the team that would crap out when they got close to the red zone, and um, you saw a lot of that, that this year with Texas Tech, but they also lost Tyler Shook for a long time, and now Donovan's going to be transferring, so that distractions mm-hmm. away, and they do have Tyler Shook here. I actually, my numbers say more towards the three, so I think that my lean is to Texas Tech because of that. Um, I will say that there was, a, you're right, that Lane Kiffin stuff was a massive distraction. I hate to see that before the season's over, the media gets all crazy, and He's got to answer questions he shouldn't have to be answering right now. And I think it's ugly and bad for the sport when that happens. But I will say that they, uh, the Red Raiders at least have a solid pass defense, 24th in success rate. If they get run on, it could be all over for this team. The Lane Kiffin is 2-3 and three against the spread in bowl games. So, uh, real interesting. I, I, would have, if, I would assume motivation would be higher with Texas Tech, but uh, I don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Any thoughts on that? You thought that you thought the spread would be higher? No, I thought the motivation would lie high with Texas Tech higher than Ole Miss. Oh, I, yeah, I, I think I think it will. I think it could. I, I think there might be some views in that locker room that uh, that they, they didn't didn't necessarily enjoy, kind of maybe being hung out to dry, and maybe Lane was going to look to ditch them. But but I, I think I think Ole Miss is better. Uh, and, and I think maybe the there will be some motivation to kind of uh, end the year on a positive note. Because look, I mean, they had a great start to the year. Um, it, it came close to knocking off Alabama, and and, and then it hung over. So um, yeah, I can um, I, I can certainly get behind uh, Ole Miss here again. Uh, amateur, psycho- amateur psychology for sure, but um, I, I would I would lean Ole Miss coming into this game. All right, lean Ole Miss and I lean Texas Tech. Slight disagreement here. Let's move on to the next game. We have Minnesota in the Pinstripe Bowl. Minnesota versus Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. I love that, saying Yankee Stadium. I remember when the Badgers played there a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, but this spread I wrote down was wrong because now I'm looking at it's at 10. <laughs> I wrote down 7 yeah. and a half. So that thing climbed up. Do you have anything to explain what what happened here? What I mean? I mean, it's 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 basically uh, Sean Tucker um, not being not being here for uh, 
for Syracuse. I mean, that's that's it. Um, I still can't lay all. I still can't lay double digits uh, with the Minnesota offense. It's probably going to struggle to score points as well as they did for uh, a good part of the uh, the second half of the season. So uh, th- this is a uh, a total pass for me. Is Tanner Morgan going to play? Who can I don't think they want Tanner Morgan to play. I, th- I think they're o- I think they're okay with the backup. Oh, I, I didn't think the backup was as good. I think that he had a nice yeah, effort. I, I think I think he's the future though, and I think that's the I think that's how they're they're viewing it. And you got to remember too. I mean, no Robert and I for Syracuse as well. In addition to no Sean Tucker. So I mean. How many points are they really going to score in this game? Maybe Syracuse team total under would be uh, a play in this game if you needed something. Yeah, probably. And I laid six and a half here um, with Minnesota. So now that it's at 10, uh, I, I can't advise to do anything like that. I just think that Minnesota is going to run all over them. I see the rushing success rate 18th for the Gophers. And you saw that against Michigan State and some of the other teams. They just run the ball. They can pound it. And then Syracuse ranking 118th in opponent rushing success rate does not bode well for them here. I think that Minnesota can uh, control the clock and win this game by seven plus. But yeah, now you're getting to 10. The back door is open. That's probably where I would stay away. But I do like your team total under. This can be a disgustingly ugly game. Being that the total is only 42 points, less than the Wisconsin total, Chris. That's old. That's low, man. So there you go. Cheese it bowl, Florida State versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma's what nine, uh, plus eight and a half now. That thing I think nines. I, I see pretty much nine across the board here. Yeah, I, I screwed up early and took a play on Oklahoma. I talked about it last week. Um, I, really, you took Oklahoma early immediately, right? right when the lines came out. Well, here I just thought that it, you know it was, was going to go up. I mean, because Florida State, I, th- I thought Florida State had was that that team that everyone was going to want to play in bowls. That's too bad. It's too bad. It was a bad play, and we all make bad plays every once in a while. It was just kind of a opener play, you know, and I'm usually uh, two out of three at least hitting much better line value on openers than I give up, but I gave this mm-hmm. one up because I didn't see a lot of these guys opting out for Oklahoma. I thought that Venables would have the motivation here, but he doesn't seem to care as much, and Florida State... It, ha- it happened to me as well, by the way, with the, with the game, too. I I took six and a half with the uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and now mm-hmm. it's up to seven. So I mean, I got, yeah. I got the the, the the bad end of the deal too. Uh, expecting some of those Houston guys not to, uh, not to play. So we'll see. A lot of times I try to tease my way out of these things and just move, move the other <laughs> side down. You know? Dig a bigger <laughs> hole. <laughs> Why not? Well, it, it, it'll definitely dig a bigger hole if the other side doesn't hit. So it'd be something that you're sure you're betting anyway, but. Um, you know, you have to. I, I just don't see how Florida State's going to lose this game the way they've been playing. But there's also some ugliness to it. Mike Norvell, 0 and 4 in bowl games, ATS. Yeah, um, he, I'm sure he's been a big dog in, in, in most of those games. Uh, yeah. Well, they have the Penn State Cotton Bowl. They were a big. That, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily rely on that. But. Yeah, it's, that's true. Yeah, that's true because he finally has a competent team here. Um, not too many, and it's a home game, and, and it's an absolute home game. I mean, yeah. you know, they'll, I mean, all, all the Florida State fans can come in throughout the state and, and 250 miles and away from Tallahassee, yeah. And, and, and look, I mean, Florida State has fans throughout that state uh, in Orlando and Tampa 
in South Florida as well. So it's this would be one of those like if you're looking to to play some money line parlays or teasing college football, which is a train wreck and a a debacle and unadvisable quite often. Like I would be shocked if Florida State lost this game. I haven't teased, I haven't teased college football in years. Oh, this is talk. the one. This is the only one I consider just to get out of the minus seven and a half yeah. or the plus seven and a half that I had. It was just kind of like, do I tease it? I'm just I'm just gonna leave it alone, probably. I do understand that money people will be parlaying some of these things, and this is gonna be a find, find a find a big find a find an NFL favorite like the uh, the Niners, uh, the 49ers against the. The, the, the commanders or the Chiefs yeah. against whomever Seahawks or something and Titans, money, Texans. Money, money, yeah, money, money line it with the Florida State, and you're probably pretty good there. Exactly, Almabo, Washington versus Texas. Texas minus four total, sixty-seven and a half. Uh, yeah, but I had Brad on last week. Brad Powers liked uh, Washington. I didn't touch the game yet, but. It's it's an interesting game because it's close. It's in Texas, uh, close to Texas and San Antonio. But I kind of like I like a lot of things about Washington, man. I, I I gotta admit, I like the direction this team's going. Sure, absolutely. I, I love their coach. Uh, I think that they're gonna be extremely motivated to beat a big twelve team. You know, I think a lot of these uh Pac twelve teams that aren't, you know, UCLA, USC jumping over the big 10 are going to be pretty motivated this bowl season, you know, because, you know, they're kind of fighting a little bit for their integrity. And I just, uh, I, I think Penix was amazing this year. I didn't know he mm-hmm. had it in him there. And uh, yeah, yards per play. What's so funny is about the same 1.5 net yards per play, but you have to understand yours didn't play a little bit in this uh, season. Uh, and I think they just had some really bad stinkers at Texas and, uh, I, I guess at four, my numbers obviously power rating say Texas. Everyone's got Texas in their top ten. Yeah, but how can you really trust that power rating with with no yeah. B. John Robinson, with no Rashawn Johnson, no Overshawn on? But like it's yeah. Don't you have to throw? I mean, offensive line gutted as well. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, look, we we saw the depth. That uh, that Texas had uh, at linebacker went over. Sean went suspended for that first half of that Texas Tech game, and they and they really struggle. And you got your entire offense for the most part, and Robinson and Johnson out running back. I, I think the number screams uh, Washington. I, I agree with Brad Powers here. I, I think I think UW is the play here. Uh, you got Michael Penix who's coming back and. Uh, remember, remember the great year that Indiana had. He couldn't play in that bowl game because he was hurt. So it's an opportunity for him to, to play in a bowl game on a big stage and cap off uh, what has been a great year, like you said, for uh, for him and Kale on the board. So I am on. Uh, I'm on UW here as well. Yeah, I don't disagree. The only thing I'm waiting on is more if there's if if anybody from Washington's going to sit. It's not looking like it, you know. And no, which is great. Which, which which leads me to wanting to play them because it's showing that their team and their best players want to play in this game. So I get that they uh, that's an advantage right there. 
Yeah, I got to write this down because this is only going to go one way, and that's against us, Chris. There, yeah, and I no think it already has, hasn't it? Didn't it didn't open at five, or am I am I making? No, it yeah, yeah, it did, but it didn't hit the three. Key Actually, of no, three. yeah, yeah. I see it open the three and a half, and maybe, maybe it got to. Did, I don't know. I, I thought maybe it, I thought maybe it was going to get. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I see. Uh, yeah, I see six and a half. I see a lot of uh, uh, six. Uh, six got that to uh, actually got to seven. It looks like on uh, on uh, December fifth. Okay. And now it's uh, slowly come back down. So yeah, we missed a uh, we missed the best number for sure. Yeah, but the best number was before a lot of these holdouts. So Correct. this really, I mean, the Correct. fact that you're getting it over three. An extremely motivated uh, Kalen DeBoer team. It, it, you got to take the four. It's going to three. So that's mm -hmm. that's the way I look at it here. I guess I guess if I was concerned about it, it would be Washington's pass defense, but they they should still be able to put up plenty of trust, points. Trust Quinn yours? No, no, I, I don't trust him. No, that's why. I faded Quinn Ewers a couple times in some good spots this year. Um, one was against TCU. One was against uh, uh, God. They got slammed by somebody. I can't remember who it was. But uh, you know, I I don't trust Quinn Ewers, and I don't trust Sarkeesian. <laughs> so there you go. Let's move on to the thirtieth. And as we get farther and farther away, the confidence level goes down and down. But there is a couple good nuggets that I have. Uh, for some of these games. So starting out with the Dukes Mayo Bowl, NC State versus Maryland. Maryland minus one, total 48. If you won this bowl, Chris, would you dump a big vat of mayo all over yourself? Would you? Would Hell you yes. <laughs> you could do it twice. <laughs> maybe get some bread and dip it a little bit, right? Well, I was going to say, maybe I throw, throw a little, uh, does, does Dukes make like a Dijonese? You could get some... Uh... So, so some little little Dijon mustard and, and mix it in there. That worked. That would be good. <laughs> it would be delicious. There you go. Uh, you'd be the biggest hoagie in the uh, whole uh, stadium, right there, my friend. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I enjoy the the bowl just because it, it gets so corny out there. They do some fun stuff, and uh, uh, it's an interesting matchup. NC State versus Maryland. Maryland is minus one. Uh, the total in this game is forty eight. So. I think the motivation is going to be pretty good for Maryland. I mean, it's interesting to me that uh, Talia Tungabiola is going to play. You know, that's what I hear. I, I don't think he's going to opt out. No, no one else is out. No one else is playing. No, there's all of his receiving core teammates and, and Jared are both uh, are both uh, opting out. Jacob Copeland is out, and yeah, Dante Demas, like you said. Um, and but NC State's got their own problems. You know, they got Devin Leary, and obviously hurt most uh, most of the year. But MJ Morris too, another quarterback there's hurt. Uh, Devin Carter's in the transfer portal, one of the receivers. Um, I, I was how impressed can you be with NC State for being North Carolina though? You know, that, that was I mean, awesome. That was awesome, and, and this is a team that. Uh, down to the fourth string quarterback or or whatever it was in that game uh the injuries that they've had uh overcoming and, and beating north carolina that you wonder like if that was the climax the epitome uh the, the denouement per se of their uh of their season like that that's the game and now it's like okay whatever happens happens but it is an opportunity for them to 
to, to win another game. No Tim Beck might be a good thing on the offensive side of the ball, uh, as you can maybe have someone else call on plays. It's a stay away from me just because you really don't know what you're going to get from Maryland on the other side of the ball. I, I, th- I think I there, there was another game that I said was uh, exhibit one on a game that I wanted absolutely no part of. Uh, th- this would be number two. <laughs> I'd say a little bit differently. I like Maryland a little bit. Okay. Um, I just think they try for their quarterback there, the fact that he's coming back to play. Um, my power ratings kind of has it like that anyway without Leary. It was a fantastic win at the end against North Carolina, but at the same time, that was a little bit more about North Carolina and how bad they've been. So um, it, it, it's a short number at minus one. I just think that they're going to win uh, win it here, and I do know that NC State's only 165 miles away from Charlotte, so they should have a little bit of a home field advantage here. But the yards per play-wise, Maryland, 0.98 net yards per play over NC State. And that's on a schedule that's probably in the Big Ten East uh, a little bit harder than uh, – when NC State had to go through this year. So uh, I like Maryland, and I played it. So I like that. I'll give that one out for two stars at the minus one. Next game, the Sun Bowl, Pitt versus UCLA. UCLA minus three and a half. Total is 58. I didn't make a play on this one. I'm kind of leaning one side, Chris. Maybe you can push me over or under. <sighs> I, I I don't really like the like this game either. I mean, I would I would have been inclined to take the points with, with Pitt, but, but it's come down. And you're looking at what third string quarterback at best for uh, for Pitt. Clutch. You can see is out. Uh, I would think you're not going to get uh, Charbonnet or DTR in this game either. Uh, this 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 looks like a this looks like a pass for me. However, I would still consider taking uh, Pitt plus the points if I had to play the game. Uh, just just because if you look at uh, a lot of the favorites that have come from Pac-12 teams uh, in, in recent years have not done well. If you go back, and obviously uh, Oregon State was an exception this year. So uh, it, it, since 2016, Pac-12 favorites are now 5-13-1 uh, against the number. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not very good. So uh, I, 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 would, I would take a look at maybe uh, – Grabbing, grabbing uh, pit plus the points in this game and uh, and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I wish that Pat Narduzzi wasn't one and four against the spread uh, <laughs> because I would definitely, uh, you know, be a little bit more inclined. But there's a lot to break down um, in this game here. Uh, you know, surprisingly, I didn't think that there was a lot of opt outs for a team like this, and the line did crash down, and I. Uh, UCLA was at least six points of favorite here. And I think the strength of schedule is actually about equal. Um, UCLA's got a 0.37 net yard per play advantage. But it's it's really the offense versus Pitt's defense. Now, Pittsburgh's got that amazing pass rush, right? They rank fourth in sack margin. Like, and, how, like, and how is that going to change now with, with, with Cancy being out? That's a, that's a massive loss for that unit massive loss absolutely so so that's one thing that kind of kept me off pit i have the lean to pit but um you know it, it's just I, I, can they can they replicate that i don't like narduzzi i don't like the pack 12 <laughs> <laughs> boy you're just a bundle of fun of i don't like narduzzi i don't like the pack 12 i mean i i, I meant in this situation of I'm course kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. slow slovis you know i mean 
Is he that much of a downgrade to Yarnell? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think so at all. You know, so so maybe so maybe they get some motivation based upon that. Certainly, certainly a strong lean for me uh, to pit still at plus three and a half. By the way, we just had a big fourth down stop on the goal line by uh, by Eastern Michigan here. Are they are they holding tough for us? Yeah, 13, 13 nine. They're back in the game. Okay, okay. They're uh, they're betting my early number that actually closed at that. It went down and up, kind of like a little seesaw action. But uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I got to just... go run and check the door for a second here. I'm by myself, yep. and I yep. just a, uh, so I'll, I'll be back in a minute here. So you will no you, you take over for the next couple minutes. Couple minutes. I'll be right back. Absolutely, sounds good. And so, what I look at in this situation is. UFC or, or sorry, UCLA is only minus one and a half on my power ratings, right? So uh, I, it's a strong lean for Pitt. I probably will play it, you know, kind of talking myself back and forth here as long as nobody else is uh, sitting out. I am concerned that Pitt's uh, other DNs here and maybe some linebackers could sit out for this game. So kind of that's what I'm thinking for this one. Move on to the Gator Bowl here. South Carolina versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus 2.5. The total in this game is 52. Now this is at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. I think that South Carolina's motivation is going to be pretty high. I, I wrote medium high in this situation. Uh, they had a really bad start, but they made that bowl game at the end just with two massive upsets, taking out Tennessee and then taking out Clemson. It was just a fantastic finish for the Gamecocks. And then you got Notre Dame, who's been just Jekyll and Hyde this year, playing tough against Ohio State, you know, um, and then losing to teams like Stanford and Marshall. And, and Marshall's a good team, as we know, for an, for a, a group of five opponent. But still, um, Notre Dame was very strange. And then all of a sudden, Notre Dame beats Clemson, you know, themselves by a lot. So uh, Notre Dame was a little strange. Um, there's going to be no home field advantage here. One thing I do know is when Marcus Freeman kind of jumped in last year for the bowl game, he uh, didn't cover. He's 0-1 against the spread. Shane Beamer for South Carolina is 1-0 against the spread. Drew Pine now is in the transfer portal. But quarterback Tyler Buckner, I'm hearing, could play this game. Their big tight end, Michael Mayer, has opted out. And that's probably something you'd expect, being that he's going to be the top one or two top, uh, tight ends uh, drafted. So uh, not terrible for Notre Dame if Buckner plays. So South Carolina, they are also got some opt-outs. Uh, a couple wide receivers are injured. They have two running backs and Marshawn Lloyd that's going to be gone and Christian Beal Smith. But the, the truth of the matter is, for me, um, there's a lot of opt-outs on South Carolina's side, but I can't trust Notre Dame without a quarterback. If I get some great information early and I find out that Tyler Buckner is going to be back, um, I will definitely lay it with Notre Dame. And I think I would lay it all the way up to um, minus four, uh, maybe even a little bit bigger. But this spread right now is kind of perfect at minus two and a half. Just not sure uh, what's going on and which direction it's actually going to go at. So, um, you know, my thoughts are certainly leaning with Notre Dame uh, on this one. Let's move on to 
the Arizona Bowl, Ohio versus Wyoming. Wyoming is plus one. Craig Bowl for Wyoming is 11-3 and three against the spread. I would say my, Wyoming's motivation is probably medium. I'm not sure what these kids are going to do against a MAC team. <laughs> you know, the problem with Ohio is obviously their quarterback, Curtis Rourke, was injured for Ohio. So um, I am a little bit concerned about that. I, I do know with Wyoming, Titus Swen, one of the running backs, is in the transfer portal. Uh, Joey Brash is in the transfer portal as well. So uh, I, I do wonder a little bit about that. Wyoming lost all their running backs and their best wide receiver and defensive end. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm wondering who's going to run the ball. Now that you're, I'm seeing this, every single running back is out. I didn't really get a chance to dig too deep into this, but I can't really bet Wyoming if they don't have any running backs and anybody that has even carried the ball, even if against, it's against a pretty bad Ohio team. So um, I actually have... Probably no lean in this. Uh, I do think that Craig Bowl is so good at bowl games, though. If I had to bet it, it would be Wyoming. But I'm probably going to be uh, staying away from this one as it is. Let's move on to the Orange Bowl. Tennessee versus Clemson. And Clemson is minus five and a half. Chris, are you uh, would, available? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, um, I actually... Uh... I got Clemson at the open, uh, just assuming that uh, a lot of opt-outs were coming from from the, uh, the, the the Tennessee standpoint here, and obviously no Hooker, and that Clemson was probably going to be better off the quarterback position uh, with, with, with Klubnik in there. So I have a uh, I got Clemson at minus four and a half in this one. I know obviously the, the number has gone the right way. Clemson obviously has some defensive guys who are out at the same time. I, I think. The way they have recruited uh, and going against the Tennessee offense is very short. I'm happy with my uh, position on this game. Okay, so uh, Dabo Sweeney, 12 and 6 against the spread. And <laughs> so he's been a, a fantastic bulk. Uh, you know, the thing for me, Chris, is I trust Dabo a lot more than Heifel, but we saw that big blowout with. Uh, Tennessee against Vanderbilt. You know, the quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, or Joe Milton, he didn't have to do anything to in that game no. result. Tennessee's yeah. defense, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. I mean, obviously, Vanderbilt and, uh, and Clemson, two different two different animals. But, sure, no, I, I, I look, the year that Tennessee had, it would be nice to see them uh, finish out the year and play well. Uh, maybe if this thing gets back to seven, there might be a an opportunity to take a little bit back on on uh, on Tennessee, but yeah, I'm a, I guess I got I got the number uh, at the open. Just like it's going to be back to seven. What did I what did I miss by the way? By, by the way, of course, of course, it was uh, Amazon, which uh, of course this time of year is not a an irregularity. But I had to be yeah, I guess it's, a, it's, it's a actually gravity. it's actually her Christmas present. So like, no problem. We obviously tech a little bit of technical difficulties with communication and StreamYard, but um, just the Notre Dame one. And I said that if if somehow their quarterback can come back and play um, from that injury, yeah, yeah, I heard whispers that rumored to potentially play. I did see a rumor, but I don't know how true it is. I saw that it's possible that he can come back. I'm, I'm thinking no. I'm not touching it unless he comes back. But 
Mayors out, you know, and so that's kind of what I was going. And then I, I said the Wyoming Ohio game. Wyoming doesn't even have a running back. It's Chris, so um, I say that. <laughs> like I can't sit that down. Uh, you know, yeah, Craig Boy is a fantastic against the at eleven and three. Though, let's move on to the Music City Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky. And I knew I'd get to this discussion game. A total in a bowl game of thirty-one point five. I mean, that is. <laughs> Just putrid. Is uh, the low one of the lowest? High, you'd think that Army was playing Navy or something, and okay, and even that total was higher at thirty-two and a half. Chris, I mean, who do you trust more? I guess it would be Kirk Ferentz at eleven six and one in bowl games. Mark Stitt is three two and one himself. We, Kentucky's without the two running backs, Rodriguez and Smoke, and then we'll. Yeah, and Levis, but you know, does Iowa need a quarterback? Because I didn't think that Padilla was good. Or no, I didn't know. Quarterback, quarterback, just gets in the way of it. I see, punt the ball, snap it to the running back, and, uh, and, and maybe every now and then attempt a pass to, and report is not even going to play. So yeah, I don't know. quarterback, quarterback, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to hear it. Even though Ferentz says that, that he's going, that the board is going to play Wilson. Um, if he does play, obviously that's a uh, a big deal. And, and again, like we were talking about before with Alabama, well, by the way, Eastern Michigan is taking the lead. Go Ooh. Eagles. EMU. Um, you, you got all those guys. The rest of Benson and Mer- Merriweather playing for Iowa. That That's a... Uh, that's a good sign. I actually like Iowa in this game. I, I know they've been a, a, a punk line uh, a majority of the year. I actually played Iowa at the Open, uh, obviously assuming uh, Levis wasn't going to play. And uh, so I got I, I have Iowa plus three right now, and, and now Ooh, they're number. They've crossed over. So, yeah, that, that was that was right at the Open. Nice, and, nice, and now, nice. I was, I was two, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I say Iowa money line probably in this game. Um, I, I don't even want to lay the two with 31 points. This could be it's just a no. down, by, down by two field goal. If you like Iowa, take the money line here in this uh, situation. I trust Iowa more. And, uh, yeah, just, just punt the ball on first down, and you're going to win. You're going to get a pick uh, six or something like that. Joey Labis has never attempted a pass in college football, and he's quarterbacking for Iowa. So just want to throw out throw that out there. Now for the Sugar Bowl. Bama versus Kansas State. Kansas State's still plus six, but a total of 56. I, like you said earlier, Chris, very appreciative that Bryce Young and a lot of these guys are going to be playing. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Will Anderson, Malachi Moore, Jordan Battle. You know, it's wonderful. And um, it's great for us because I think Alabama's a great team. Alabama has a 1.4 net yard per play advantage over a team that's in a lesser conference here. I mean, th- when I was talking about alternate lines, I slammed this at six, and um, I don't know why I think go up any farther. I have Alabama minus eleven for my numbers. This is my biggest hmm. discrepancy. Wow. What's my biggest discrepancy on all the bowls? I mean, how much worse is Alabama than the Ohio State's, Michigan's, and Georgia? I mean, they're still in that upper echelon. I feel like Alabama is a top four team, and they're not really. Look, I remember. When everyone, the, the 2019, the whole game versus Michigan. Oh, Alabama's not going to be motivated. They missed the playoffs. Well, guess what happened? They, they beat the crap out of Michigan. You know, they, Nick Saban shows that he can motivate his team. 
when he's not in the playoffs. And I think they're going to kind of live with that. I love Alabama minus six, and I might, I might take an outline at minus ten, minus ten and a half. What are your thoughts? Well, if they are indeed motivated and care about playing, they are they are better. Now, look, the Alabama offensive line has struggled at times this year, and Kansas State has shown uh, they can get after the passer. But, but I get the feeling in this game that it, it, how much is Kansas State really going to be able to score? I mean, Deuce Vaughn's a problem, but does, does Kansas State have a passing attack to be able to really hurt Alabama in this game? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Um, Will Howard did good this year. He was a good game manager, and they relied on their defense. You saw that game against TCU. It was a little bit about TCU choking a little bit, throwing a couple picks early in that game, getting behind the sticks. And uh, another quarter in that game, TCU probably wins it. Um, I, I just think uh, the talent is going to completely over overpower Kansas State. And I, I think Kansas State's going to be motivated, but I also think Bama's going to be motivated. <laughs> I'm sticking with Bama, which brings us to the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan versus TCU. TCU plus eight. Total 58. This is right down here at Saint Arm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. There's really no home field advantage, but I will say that Michigan has more alumni and probably more fans than a school that has mm-hmm. 7,000 undergrad students, right? Uh, Michigan, obviously, the Blake Corum injury and uh, the tight end Colston Loveland's a little bit hurt. But what I will say is that the Blake Corum injury, I'm not even sure that he's better than Donovan Edwards the way that Donovan Edwards. No, I don't think he is. It hurts their depth ability to rotate a fresh back in and out um, all, all the time. I mean, as long as Edwards, tell, tell, Edwards rather is healthy, I mean, they're fine. It does affect their depth, but it's not a uh, it's not a drop off for the, uh, for the for the first few carries that, that Edwards is going to have. Yeah, absolutely. It's not not as big as a drop off as uh, people like say in the media. I think his seven point five yards per rush kind of says that. Um, uh, Michigan's the most experienced team there in the playoffs last year. I trust that over TCU kind of just getting in here. I think TCU accomplished are going to get in. My numbers have Michigan minus 11, Chris. I, I didn't bet it yet because I still think more TCU money is going to come in. Touchdown, Eastern Michigan. Oh, my God. It's uh, They're piling on the point. They're just down 13 zip, too. Yes, they were down 13 nothing. They blocked the extra point. Got two, and they all the they, they, they Three straight touchdowns now, and it's about to be uh 23-13. Look at Chris, look at Chris Creighton fired up there. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm about to turn it on, my man. Um, Michigan, I like I said, I'm probably gonna bet them, but I like the first half better because I, I don't have a ton of trust that Max really? Duggan is not gonna work his magic. And I, I think that Michigan first half minus four, minus four and a half is uh, more trustable for me. They're gonna come in, they've, they've been here before. And uh, you don't have to worry about the back door as much if you just make a first half play, Chris. Excuse me, I think, I think that's, that's a really good probably could work out to be a, a, a good thing, where uh, most people are just assuming that you have Michigan, who has dominated uh, second halves in, in recent weeks, and as the season has gone on, how that offensive line uh, kind of leans on you and the running game gets going late and takes over. How that pass and that defensive front uh, is is giving teams problems in the second half as well. So uh, that, that's a little contrarian. I think there's a lot of 
My, my head says Michigan, and I know it's a, it's a massive public play. Everyone's on uh, Michigan land the points because I don't think TCU's any good. I'm probably not going to play the game for, for any like real significant play. I mean, I'll obviously watch it and again, maybe look for an opportunity to hop in, maybe look for a uh, uh, Donovan Edwards prop maybe to play over or something or uh, something along those lines. But my my, my gut says Michigan does win, and um, I, I guess if, if you're in one of those pick and pools and you had a circle aside, I, I would lean towards Michigan. But uh, TCU's been doing it all year, and I think uh, look they've got some players on the offensive side of the ball that I think uh, are better than a lot of players that Michigan has seen um, in, in, in the Big Ten. Um, and you just got to remember as well, this is a team that Illinois was right in the game with for a while, and Maryland hung around. Like, like Michigan has had some games where teams have been kind of hanging around, and obviously they went out and they played a great fourth quarter uh, in Columbus and then pulled away from Purdue. So I was Think Michigan is is the team to to get through here, but it wouldn't surprise me if TCU hung around like they have all year. So I don't have a, a strong strong feeling. Yeah, I think that um, I just see that Michigan's defense is just so much better than what TCU's faced, and TCU, you know, get. I guess Kansas State was the best, and they give them trouble. Well, Michigan's a lot better ranking third in EPA on defense, eighth in success rate. So that's where I think Michigan's going to have uh, a, a say, and it's going to be in the first half because Michigan has been in the playoffs, and they haven't. So that's kind of where I like it. So they, they're still remembering that beatdown they took from Georgia I think, last year. They don't want that to happen again. Uh, let's move on to the Peach Bowl then. Uh Georgia versus Ohio State, plus six and a half, total 62. I am fascinated, Chris, in the fact that the lines makers got this right, right at six and a half. This thing didn't move, did it? Nope. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it hasn't moved, and I think you're seeing a, uh, a ton of Georgia money. It's pretty much been one way action, which uh, doesn't surprise me. Um, uh, I think. I think obviously you have the, the school of thought out there. You saw what Ohio State happened to them in the, the fourth quarter of the Michigan game. You've got the uh, the injuries and, and the opt-outs by, uh, by by Ohio State in this game. I think there are a lot of people that, that think Ohio State will not be able to, to stand up uh, against Georgia. So I, I think the, just, just, just think about where we are. I mean, going into that Ohio State-Michigan game, there were people who, who may have tolerated Ohio State was right with Georgia or very, very closely uh, with Georgia. And, and now you're looking at, uh, if you like Ohio State, you're in a, uh, a great a great situation uh, because you're getting more points uh, than you thought you would have uh, with, with a team that may now be a, a bit more motivated and a bit more out to, to prove the world that they're not as bad as they looked uh, in the fourth quarter of that, of that game against Michigan. So, I would I would strongly consider taking Ohio State uh, plus the six and a half in this game uh, on that 
on that basis alone. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, some drop Ohio State. And I'll, but I will say that there is no public power rating out there, staggering, team rankings, ESPN's FBI. There's nothing that says this is a six and a half point spread, right? Unless you're getting towards like four points for home field or five or something crazy. Georgia should have a slight home field, being that they play there a couple times a year. Um, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium right there. But there's something wrong with Ohio State. And I had to adjust them down farther than a lot of the other yeah, maybe. I think it's the fact that, and it almost showed a little bit the first game, I think that um, he gets out, gets, gets a little bit flustered when he doesn't have a clean pocket. And uh, I was rating Ohio State always this whole year on the fact that Jackson Smith and the Jigbo was eventually going to be there. Yeah, you know, I, and, and they get through the bad teams with uh, you know Marvin Harrison and some of their other skill positions. But now that their best running back in Travion Henderson is not there, and uh, Jackson Smith Jigba just kind of leaves, which is strange. Now he's both the doctors, but that's just a very it, it just a smelly situation. I'm right? glad you said. I'm glad you said Jackson Smith Jigba just kind of leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> a couple other guys are banged up. Uh, I just think I, I'm waiting on this thing. I, I don't see why this line shouldn't go down, but it's awfully strange to me that it didn't based upon a lot of people and their thoughts on Ohio State and the power ratings and where they're supposed to be all year. I, I have Georgia minus seven on my number, so it's not like I'm playing this game. Oh, so you, yeah, you, you've got it, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that number... Uh... Uh, you would expect Lad McConkey to play. But I think the question is going to be whether uh, Warren McClendon plays on that Georgia offensive line, which would be an issue with uh, Tiumo on the, uh, the Ohio State front. But I, I think it will be an interesting matchup for the uh, Ohio State defense versus the Georgia offense. How are they going to contain Bowers uh, and Washington? I mean, those are. Those are matchup nightmares of the linebacker position. And you, you saw in the ball game a couple of years ago where Ohio State got caught uh, with tough borrowing on Devontae Smith at times and so some some terrible matchups. So uh, that that could be an issue. So we, we'll, yeah. we'll see. But I, I just I just think the number uh, is a little bit of an overreaction to, uh, to what we saw at the end of the year. And, and maybe maybe Georgia comes out and Georgia takes care of business and blows them out. Like a lot of people expect them to, but uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take Ohio State here. It's to be a six and a half. Yeah, I think Stetson Bennett had a good argument to make a Heisman, being that he de- didn't give up any games. He, well, you know, he, he didn't. No, there's no games that they lost in Georgia because of Stetson Bennett. So um, even though he doesn't have the flashy numbers, it's also because they're coasting the whole second half of every single year uh, game. So. Mm-hmm. I almost think he they, they might use that motivation. He didn't get the Heisman a little bit here, too. So my number seven, not like I'm running, but I will be talking about some props next week in both of these games. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun looking at some of the props and the playoffs. Uh, another angle to look at. So we have a few minutes left. Let's go through these. Illinois versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State plus one. Obviously, the strategy, massive tragedy that happened to one of my favorite coaches in Leach. It still sucks. I still... Uh, I'm a little bit bummed about it. College football took a massive hit because of it. Uh, but I think that makes Mississippi State's motivation extremely high. But, you know, the thing about Illinois is I bet them pre-flop, and I did get them as a dog a little bit. 
Uh, Illinois does have a .78 net yard per play advantage. Um, I know that uh, Mississippi State's got a little bit more of a strength of schedule for sure. But um, I think Illinois' defense is the best unit on the field. But there's still guys that might sit out for Illinois. Their running back Brown might sit out. Uh, a couple guys in defense might, and I Bielma's almost trying to rally. Yeah, I, 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 I think Weatherspoon has already announced that he that he is uh, out as well as Sidney Brown, so they, they they're down some guys in the secondary. Okay, well there you go. So uh, there's already guys kind of falling to Illinois. Um, right now, I could just give you a lean to Illinois until it all comes to fruition, but we've got a couple weeks before we have to worry about this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I had a, I would have a hard time playing this game right now, just given everything that's uh, that's going on in. Remember, too, uh, Brian Walters is leaving for Purdue as well, so the Atlanta will be losing defensive coordinator as well. So uh, yeah, this is going to be to get involved in right now. Well, if you thought the 14-point spread was bad for North Carolina, look at Purdue here against LSU, Chris. Uh, oh, another last man, last man standing. <laughs> last man standing. Maybe the spread should be 28, you know? I mean, it's so funny. You think about these spreads, and you're like, if this spread was 21 and a half, would I still not take Purdue? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's just, they lost Jeff Brom. Uh, uh, Brian Brom is going to interim coach, yet, you know, Purdue doesn't have their quarterback, which was pretty much everything for this uh, team, Aiden O'Connell, right? I, I feel that... That's a massive hit for a team that can't run the ball. Uh, they play no defense or very little defense, and without their quarterback. And then you have LSU that's you know kind of on the up. Brian Kelly is a bad bowl coach, five and nine against the spread. But Jaden Daniels is supposed to be healthy. Um, they did lose a couple guys like uh, Ojulari, BJ Ojulari, their edge rusher and their best quarterback in Jay Ward, but. You, you expect the four or five stars that they've been recruiting all over the past three years to step in, like a almost like an Alabama situation. I, I I think the spread is fine at fourteen, but it's just funny doing that mental exercise, t- asking yourself what number would it take for me to bet Purdue? Yeah, I think a lot of people ask themselves that same question last year. Uh, I remember the t- Tennessee was everybody's bull darling in that game against Purdue, and that number. Uh, moves, I think, like a touchdown as well, and the uh, the Boilermakers wind up winning the game outright. So uh, uh, this is the second second straight year now. Purdue has been a uh, opt out central, and um, the, the numbers moved against it. But yeah, I'd have a hard time uh, with no O'Connell and, and, and no Jones and no no Durham. Like it's yeah, it, it's it's hard to like to do that. It's almost like that. Hey, Drew Brees is going to be a volunteer coach for this game. I think that's more of a uh, like trying to create a, a positive publicity spin than, than anything else. Hey, hey, we're, we're going to get our, uh, our you know, what? But, uh, hey, at least Drew Brees is going to be on the side. So, yeah, I, I certainly couldn't for doing this game. And you would assume that Brian Kelly in year one at LSU would like to go out and put a big, put a big number up on the board. Yeah, I think so as well. Let's move on to the uh, is this the Cotton Bowl? Sorry, USC versus Tulane. Tulane plus two and a half, total sixty two. Um, USC's motivation. I, 
I don't know where it sits. I have to say it's got to be somewhat low. They blew their chances at the playoffs and the Pac-12 title in one game. What sucks is now they're in a situation where they can be embarrassed against a group of five school like Tulane, who should have extremely well, high do something about it then. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a position to, to worry about being embarrassed, go out and play. Go out and tackle. Go out and stop the run. Uh, and, and do something about it. You don't know how to like this. Well, as the second half of the Factual Championship team showed, that is correct. I mean, is Caleb Williams going to be helping enough to play? And that is a uh, that's a concern as well. And this is not like a a shitty Tulane team at all. This team went to Kansas State and won. They have a good defense. They have a good running game. They've got, they've got a quarterback in Pratt who's experienced and can do some things. Uh, it's the opportunity of a lifetime for these kids. Yeah. I, what I will say, yes, it is a, you, you said in a position to be embarrassed or whatever. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't for, for, for USC. If, if, you, if you lose, it's a oh, group of five, motivated, we had nothing to play for, Craig Caleb was injured, the defense sucked, or... Okay, you go out and you beat them. It's again yeah, Tulane you're supposed to. So yeah, from that standpoint, yes, it is a uh, a hard situation for us uh, in USC to deal with. But you got to just go out and play and, and act like it's a uh, a game you want. But uh, I uh, I'm on Tulane here. Uh, I, I have thought the USC defense has been garbage all year. Uh, I thought that turnover luck is uh, obviously massive all year long, and finally. They came back and got them in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. But uh, how poor the defense is, how, how badly they have failed to stop the running game, this is not the type of team that you want to be going into with a, uh, with a subpar rush defense. So, yeah, I'm going uh, to take two and five. Yeah, I like Tulane here. I'm waiting on it. I think I can possibly get a better number based upon, you know, Caleb Williams fans. I, I, I think that Voorhees is not going to be able to play this game. Um, it's massive. And the, also, their center, Naylor, he's not going to be able to play. So it's like those two key cogs in their offensive line is not going to play. That's not good. Uh, even their linebacker that had 43 tackles uh, that was in the rotation, where then uh, Goforth is not going to play. He's going to go in the transfer portal. There's just a lot of bad situations here. And you might see some other guys opt out for USC, like Addison and you know, a, a couple receivers, right? It's very possible that uh, mm-hmm. Taj Washington might not play too. I mean, they might go to the draft. He's he's eligible. So I wonder about that. But, uh, I'm, 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 I'm greedy. I have no reason to rush into this. So I'm hoping to get a three and uh, we'll see what happens. Exactly Chris. right. We, got, we have uh, what? We have uh, 11 days. Yeah, we have 11 days. Uh, that's right. Rose Bowl, Utah versus Penn State. Penn State plus two total, 52. Uh, US both motivations should be very high. It's the Rose Bowl. Utah was in it last year in that awesome shootout against Ohio State. That thing went over by halftime. James Franklin six and four against the spread. Kyle Whitham, Utah ten and five against the spread. Penn State lost Parker Washington to an opt out and their best corner is Joey Porter Jr. But Utah's in the same situation, losing Dalton Kincaid, which is their best pass catcher at the tight end, and their cornerback. Yeah. Clark Phillips. So both of these guys are with the best corner and the best pass catcher. The funny thing about this, um, even though Penn State's got a, a slight 0.4 not yet yards per play, who do you trust more? Whittingham or Franklin or Clifford or Cam Rising? I think I love oh, yeah. Utah in both of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I would I would agree. And, and it's, it's just awesome because there's a second year and we're all like, you know, we're going to be in the Rose Bowl. We had this sacred persona and aura around it. And now you got a bunch of guys opting out for the Rose Bowl. You had it last year with Ohio State. Yeah. How good do we really think Penn State is? Like that, that's, I mean, you, you look, you look at, here they are. You look at their record. Obviously they've won some games and put forth some good performances, but how good are they really? They're blown out by Michigan. Lost to Ohio State. I know they were in the game and then totally collapsed in that fourth quarter against Ohio State. Like, like what else? I don't know. Well, Chris, they're I'll be excited fun. about playing, that's for sure. Yeah, but they're not that good, and it's a great point. But one thing that Utah's not good at is stopping running quarterbacks. So against Florida, you saw that. Against Richardson, against DTR and UCLA, against Oregon they lost. And that was with a, a, a very uh, injured Bo Nix. And USC was running all over them with Williams until he pulled his hamstring in the first quarter, second quarter, and then it all went to hell from them. I like the over. I think over 52, I took it at 48 and a half. I think it's still way too low. I don't think any, I don't like either defense. I think that uh, each team should be scoring pretty easily. I have to pick Penn State to win this game. Or sorry, I have to pick Utah to win this game because I trust Whittingham and I trust Cameron Rising over Clifford. But I think Clifford also runs for a few touchdowns. I think this total is way too low, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I like your overthought in this game. I mean, because I think there might be Maybe you're going to get a little bit of a reduced number. I think people are going to see no Parker Washington, no Kincaid, no Thomas. But Utah's deep at running back. I like that they're fine, and obviously Rising can can do plenty on his own. So yeah, that might be the way to attack this game. I really have no super feel on the side here. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the total is uh, the best. Uh, but if you're in a pick'em contest, like many of us are, I, I would definitely pick Utah in the contest. So real quick. Who is going to be in the national championship game and who do you like, Chris? I guess it's going to be Georgia over Michigan like it was in Montreal last year. I don't think Georgia's going to have an easy time with Ohio State. I think the Buckeyes will be in it. I do think Michigan will, will power past the TCU. And I think the same problems that uh, Georgia presented to Michigan in last year's semifinal will be the same problems that Georgia presents to Michigan again this year. And I, and I think we're going to get a repeat national championship. All right. Well, that's very possible. Which, is, which, um, which isn't very which isn't very daring or bold or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> Way to go out on a limb on that one. Yeah, I know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I just, there, there is a small part of me that wants to put a little on Ohio State uh, to win the national title. I think they're around plus 360 or so, somewhere around there. Like I can, but, like, is... Watch the plus 600 off? back in May last uh, way when the odds yeah, came out. I, and so, I, at least yeah, they made the playoffs for me, but... Yeah, that, that's the thing. I got some cross-board parlays alive at Circa. Georgia, and I think Ohio State, I think, is... Uh, they might be 550, I think, on the uh, on the cross-board ticket. So, as long as the Georgia-Ohio State winner... Wins the wins the title from a personal standpoint. Uh, I'll be okay if I got I'm live probably to a bunch of teams. To, uh, to the NFL. But, but so I'm thinking if they're probably better off playing money line against Georgia and then rolling it over 
against, against uh, Michigan, maybe again in the, uh, the I guess they'll, they'll be a favorite against Michigan, but it won't be uh, it won't be too dramatic. So might just be better off just playing Ohio State on the money line against Georgia than seeing what happens. Yeah, I mean they're plus two hundred in this situation. The money line rollover yeah. for Ohio State's better than the plus yeah. three hundred exactly. uh, probably had. You know, it's like yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of interesting to see how you know Georgia just didn't skip a beat because when I took that, I thought Georgia would skip a beat. I thought you know, be Bama, you know, but obviously I, you saw the season and the, Georgia's awesome. I have Georgia versus Michigan, and I think I. I'm going to have Michigan covering. I think it's going to be a one-score win. I have Georgia winning by three points. And just for the hell of it, I mean, it's not like you know what's going to happen. But um, I think Michigan's going to fight their ass off in this game, play a little bit over their heads, and, you know, just kind of give Georgia a little bit of problems here at the end. But uh, I, I think that Georgia wins it all as well. So that's what we're going to look forward to, Chris. And uh, we are out of time, my man. Thank you so much for uh, putting up with all my technical difficulties. and. <laughs> Fun that we went through about for about 25 minutes before the show, and uh, I'm real excited. Billable hours, billable hours just went up, my friend. Way up, way up, billable hours. Yeah, the, the, law, the law firms of oh, by the way, it's 30 to 13 in favor of Eastern Michigan as we're about to head to halftime. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's a blowout. Well, we should have just bet the over. That's what we should have done. There you go. It's that exactly. Well, well, man, um, yeah, I, I tell you, I'll pay you in cheese. How about that for that extra half hour? <laughs> we love, we, we love cheese. <laughs> I really appreciate it. A nice Oh, I'm sure, man, I'm sure. But I do appreciate you coming on all year and, uh, you know, or talking to our listeners and all our viewers and everything. It's just, uh, it's just so awesome that you're able to share uh, at the Oddsbreakers. And I just want to say how, how appreciative we are to you and uh, we wish you and your family a, a very merry christmas this year it's, 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 my, it's my pleasure and uh well, i certainly love uh love talking to you as well we always seem to have a uh, a good time uh teaming up here and throwing ridiculous thoughts and opinions and stats and numbers and picks and whatever uh, back at each other so uh, pleasure is mine and hope you have a uh, christmas oh absolutely we'll be texting about our craziness throughout the week so uh anything pops up uh You'll be hearing from me. Now it is time for The Sharp Side of the Force. The Sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by BetFredSports.com. For $250 worth of free bets, please visit BetFred and use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. All right. Let's go with a little bit more college. Week 17, let's call it Sharp Money Movement. Sharp money on Air Force, plus five and a half to plus three and a half versus Baylor. 60% of the tickets, 92% of the money. Disagree with that one. Kansas, plus four and a half, down to plus two and a half versus Arkansas. 62% of the tickets and 90% of the money. I like that one. South Carolina, plus four and a half, down to plus two and a half versus Notre Dame. 59% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Sharp money on Pittsburgh, plus four to plus three and a half versus UCLA. 36% of the tickets and 86% of the money. Sharp money on Wyoming, plus two and a half to pick them. Versus Ohio, 42% of the tickets and 70% of the money. Sharp totals, Coastal Carolina versus East Carolina, over 60 to 62. 85% of the tickets and 90% of the money. Sharp Miami Pitt versus UCLA, under 57.5 to 54.5, 45% of the tickets and 90% of the money. Sharp NFL 
Week 16. Saints plus three to plus two and a half at the Browns. 38% of the tickets, 71% of the money. Ravens minus six and a half to minus seven and a half hosting the Falcons. 41% of the tickets and 84% of the money. Charmaine the Patriots plus four to plus three hosting the Bengals. 20% of the tickets and 70% of the money. Charmaine the Bengals minus three to minus 6.5 at the Cardinals. Uh, 64% of the tickets and 94% of the money on the Buccaneers. The sharp totals. Jag- <laughs> there's a lot of unders here, but there's an over at the end. Uh, Jaguars versus Jets under 42 to 36.5, 51% of the tickets and 98% of the money. The Saints versus the Browns under 38 to 32, 64% of the tickets and 95% of the money. Sharp mind the Bills versus Bears under 45.5 to 41, 56% of the tickets, 81% of the money. Sharp money on the Raiders versus the Steelers under 41 to 39, 58% of the money tickets and 98 percent of the money sharp money the packers versus dolphins over 46.5 to 49.5 now 44 percent of the tickets and 93 percent of the money my friends thank you so much for listening to this christmas episode i know we had some technical difficulties but like i said we're going to cover the rest of those bowl games again next week i hope you enjoy christmas i, I hope you stay safe during the holidays enjoy all the big nfl games starting thursday through saturday all the way to sunday enjoy the bowls college basketball and go get some winners rocking around the christmas tree let the christmas spirit ring later we'll have some pumpkin pie and we'll do some caroling you Mental feeling when you hear voices singing, let's be jolly. Then the halls with bells of holly rocking around the Christmas tree. Have a happy holiday. Everyone's dancing merrily in the new old fashioned way. Christmas tree, have a happy holiday.